It's everything you ever want. Oh no, please, no. It's everything you ever need. <laughs> this is the greatest show. Please. So you had a question for me. Okay. Do you think our show is the greatest show? No. <laughs> you don't think that it's all our listeners ever want? No, no, and no. And potentially all this that they ever can need? Can you hang on? This is not a real question. Was this seriously what you wanted to ask? No, I had another question oh, too. But <laughs> okay, okay. Just, this isn't a podcast. This is the Ross Sing Song Hour, I guess. What's the other song? The... Uh, you're gonna ask me a question? <laughs> the one about the Phantom of the Opera is there. Okay, now I'm getting annoyed. Inside <laughs> your mind. I really don't think this is making for a good listening. We've been watching a lot of musical stuff lately, is my point. My question for you is. What's your least favorite thing about dogs? The poop and their love for poop. Love of dog butts, you know? They're always trying to eat shit or roll in shit or walk through shit. They're this is this is too vul this is too vulgar. I should be saying poop and doo doo. (laughs) It's too late now. Shit's on the record. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm kind of grumpy right now. I grumped you out with all my singing. Well, yeah, but I'm in a state where I'm very easily grumped because I've like eaten way too much sugar today. We went to pick apples and before we went to pick apples, we got coffee. And of course, I had to get a chai latte with a shot of espresso. So first I'm drinking the super sugary drink, right? And then you know what you don't do when you drink the coffee? Only... You don't eat sugary things, which is exactly what no, I did. No, that's exactly what you do. That's exa- I had two sour or two apple cider donuts, and they were so good. And it was such a beautiful moment in my life when I got to eat them in the sunshine. But now I'm like a little bit. I got like sugar hangover. Sugar hangover. Yeah. I just ate two and half of a pumpkin cream roll, and I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm singing. I know you're having. The I got best everything time I ever want, everything I ever need. The Phantom this of the, the Opera. Greatest is there. Show. This is the great. This is <laughs> surely not the greatest show. Yeah, I'm grumpy. <laughs> uh, but what else is new besides that? Not much. Well, actually, kind of a lot's new. We haven't had a podcast. In no, a while. we've been watching a lot of different stuff. Like, yeah, we watched School of Rock. Awesome. We watched. Phantom of the Opera, sick. We watched the the greatest show. We watched the greatest showman. The greatest showman. Is it the greatest human showman? Jackman? <laughs> human. Human Jackman. Yeah. Human Jackman. <laughs> so human Jackman Wait, was supposed to be the he was supposed <laughs> to be the Phantom in no, the Phantom of the on. Opera, yeah, right? Yeah, he was. That's what IMDB said, so I can't really like Okay. give you that one IMDb but also wikipedia said it too but i didn't check the research. sources on wikipedia that's what we'll say that's word on the street right um hang on hang on i was just reminded because <laughs> i want i need to do a, a podcast rec- we need to go to the corrections corner for corrections a moment. corner yes yes well, I, wait there was something also that i'll add on to your thought as okay. well because it's not a correction but it's a confirmation or like you know we've asked the crowd before go back and check that or we're gonna ch- go check that there was something from our last episode that we went back and checked and 
I'll I'll tell you about that later. But what were you going to say? A retraction. A retraction. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. I almost forgot. Okay, a correction mm-hmm. is that in our <laughs> Made in Manhattan episode, <laughs> the leading man, I don't think we said his name correctly a single time in the podcast. So let me humbly apologize to Rafe. Oh, I don't I get Ray Fines, Ray Fiends. Oh no, I don't even know how to say it. Listen, I think <laughs> I he is the one myself. not having his name right. No. It's an L, right? Yeah, there's then an L. Then why isn't it Ralph? Because that's just not, that's, that's not, that might be like just a different pronunciation of it. Different Listen, pronunciation of the letter te- L? You were an English teacher. L? You should know. A you silent know. L yes, in the middle and of if the it's, word? If it's in English, it's possible. It's po- anything is possible with well, the English language. Anything is possible you know with that. names because names are so, you know, made up to begin with. But come on, guy. If you wanted to be called Rafe, you shouldn't have put an L in there. I think there. it's Rafe Fines. Okay. It's not Theonese. The point is, <laughs> we were wrong. We might still be wrong. So Fiennes? it might not have been a correction so much as just the acknowledgement of mistake. Well, Oh, I have another correction. In our Conjuring episode, I think I said that the one reporter said that the Warners were honest people. What I meant to say was they, they were earnest people, which I feel like that's a pretty important distinction. Yeah. Yes, yes. Earnest yes. means they have good hearts and they try to be honest, but and, they could still be uh, lying. Yes. Just they just don't know. That yes, they are. yes, yes. That one's been bugging me. Mm. So in the last episode, you didn't believe me that the bear didn't move in Halsu. Oh yeah, did, did behind you the guy who sells the noodles, yeah. and I did confirm he does not move. He's oh. a he's a statue bear okay. all the way. Corner corrected. Corner. Yeah, it's the corrections corner. I don't know. It oh, just sounds corner like corrected. Our, yeah, it's maybe the corner was a little bit wonked, and we just like straightened it out. Yeah, it's like the painting on the wall. Oh, corner the corrected. Corner but corrected. the point is, sometimes we make mistakes. Mm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you can put asterisks by uh, my statements all you want, but they're God. just true with asterisks. No, don't all. listen. He's trying to spread disinformation. No. Don't listen to Ross. Don't listen to the disinformation. What I'm saying is, what really matters is whether you believe in it or not. No, that's not what really matters. <laughs> listen, everybody. I'm going to school. I'm going to information school. And listen, don't listen to the misinformation or the disinformation. It's important. Mm. And don't listen to this guy's disinformation because he's intending to lie to you, people. Intending to lie? He's disinforming no. you. Yes, I'm you know it's not true. It's been proven wrong. I'm sharing with you the truths of my heart, okay? The they can't be put heart. on any That's spreadsheet. Bullshit. They can't Boo. be turned into numbers okay, and I'm broken sorry, down into the data. The rest of, but they're like, still my truth. <laughs> Your truths do not, they don't jive with the currency of the world, the world's truth, you know. You're mm. trying to spend American dollar in Vietnam. We say no thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, the dollar, it's going down the drain. <sighs> the point is, don't listen to Ross's misinformation and disinformation. So I don't even know what's going to happen in this episode today because I'm taking a casual Friday. Ross is the one that has the information. I don't know if he's fact-checked it. I, I don't know have what time. his source is all. So this is your red flag warning. Ross, don't listen to Ross. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what Don't day is it? Don't listen to 
it, what day is it today is it friday or is it saturday I... for me it's a normal friday maybe even a normal wednesday on saturday for you it's a bit of a casual friday it's very on a casual, casual Saturday. Now listen, I tried to look up information about this movie. We watched the movie. Okay, let's let's segue. You ch- you didn't do enough research. I didn't I do enough research either. All right, what did we watch? Well, what we watched Beethoven. Yes. Okay. So we watched the 1992. But wasn't there other things that we could talk about first before we have to talk about Beethoven? Well, they should know what they're getting into. Yeah. Well, they saw the title of the film, <laughs> Beethoven, so they knew what they were getting into. Okay, okay. Isn't there anything else interesting going on we can wow our listeners with? I don't know. Perhaps more a song. I think that no, is the key. Oh, please. And I... the legend of the rent was way hardcore. No. I don't think people have as much fun listening to the singing as you do as much fun as you have singing. Well, that's I think this is fine, a selfish act right now. A selfish act. A selfish act to sing oh, for pleasure God. on the podcast. I've been singing for pleasure. My <laughs> jizz is on my sash God. for all the world to see. Why do you always bring it back? The <laughs> You're the J-S. one saying that I have jizz on my sash. I like, didn't get off say it. anything. What is? Back to Ross's just, reality. Yeah, Ross's reality Ross's is I want to sing truth. on a Saturday of uh. a normal <laughs> Thursday slash Wednesday on a Saturday. Casual Saturday. Oh, no, normal I'm Saturday. I'm already exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to sing. Okay. Okay. Because the world actually- is good and we watched Beethoven from 1992. I think we're just stalling because okay. we don't have so, anything. This is a weird, weird, it's weird It's really not movie. that weird, but it's it really is kind of weird. weird. There's a lot of like weird stuff in it. Yes. But it also, you know, it has similar things to other movies. And maybe we'll talk about that. But it's a comes in at a clean hour, 27 minutes, which was a key decision of what movie we were going to watch <laughs> last night because it was getting late and we didn't know. It was... <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. And we spent a minute brow we spent a minute browsing through the movies, but we just couldn't find anything. So Ross We both wanted to watch stuff, but the other didn't want to watch Yeah, that. we were really so... not on the same page, so we scroll, scroll, scroll. I'm sure most of you out there know how of that course, feels. Of course, everyone knows the scroll. The eternal scroll. So anyways, yeah, we landed on Beethoven. I was like, Wow, we used to love this movie when I was a kid. What did what did you find? What sparked your intrigue? Well, I don't know if I've ever seen it, or if I have, I just have zero memory of it. So the, I always look for movies I haven't seen versus ones I have, or ones that I've seen a long time ago and don't remember hardly anything about, because then it's more interesting uh, to watch. If you already yes. know what's hap- what happens, it's not as interesting to watch, and you're not you don't catch small weird things in movies you're already familiar with. You know, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched Beethoven since I was a kid. And I remembered some of the main points, but a lot of it I forgot. And it was, it was, I feel like it was almost even more bizarre for me because when I was a kid, we loved that movie. We watched it. We had it on VHS. We watched that movie a lot and we loved it. And it was really weird to watch again as an adult because. Why do you think that you loved it as a kid? Because the dog. Just because of the dog. Because of the dog. But. Was it also the kind of 
mature elements of the movie that really drew you in because I feel like when I was a kid that's that was the thing that really made me fall in love with the movie was when it made me feel like I was bigger than I was or like it made me feel like I was entering a situation that was a little bit more I don't know more adult or more mature than my my current level you know yeah I get what you're saying we weren't really allowed to watch grown-up movies when I was a kid I mean I'm sure I did on late night tv but I definitely can't say I've experienced that sensation yeah yeah well Beethoven definitely has a lot of kind of mature themes to the more mature viewer yeah there's like there's some really dark shit in Beethoven it went places I was not expecting and was kind of shocking. But yeah, this is a very, very popular movie. Yeah, it came out in 1992 it made, and it was like... It made $147 million worldwide. It wow. was huge. Yeah, yeah that's a, a lot of money. Movie. In 1992? Freaking dog movie. Freaking dog movie. And, and who's in it really? The comedian, but I... There's some people in it and involved <laughs> with it, but and it's like... And there's some dogs. No yeah it's surprising level of you know popularity and it's just and weird, money though. that it made but i mean but that time in the 90s back in the, sort of the early 90s early mid 90s that kind of weird very dark humor was popular think about uh what ace ventura yes it has a similar weirdness that tension a, throughout yeah where it's these... like um it's not it's not soothing or relaxed or like um giggly it's like it's yeah, very it's mature and, taut and, and like it's it's sort of played to be for children by the way it's presented but then when you actually think past the surface you realize wow that's um that's kind of fucked up yeah so this was directed by brian levant and this guy he does this kind of movie a lot. He's done a lot of movies. For example, Jingle All the Way. Oh, okay. that's another one in that weird It 90s. has that same weirdness to it where it's like fucked up. A little bit. Sinbad has a bomb and the yeah, police yeah, try to yeah. open a it's, bomb. It's a little they bit. It exploded. It's a little bit too raunchy, a little bit too violent, yeah. you know. It's like a little too real with the themes of like everybody being downtrodden and the one yes. guy trying to perv on the other, on Arnold's wife. Yes. And yes, yeah, there were just... weird vibes back in the 90s. Mm-hmm, and remember when we watched Little Monsters? But that movie yeah, actually was, that was weird apparently vibes. a whole metaphor for what? Child abuse and some really very heavy themes in a kid's movie. But th- there's also just some overtly terrifying things that happen in that movie. Yeah. So Woo. so yeah, then he also Brian Levant, he also did Snow Dogs. So he works with animals, okay? Jingle who all the, the way. Who let the dogs out? Who? Who? who oh, now you got who, me singing. <laughs> wow. A selfish oh act of God. singing. <laughs> you have brought this pain upon our listeners. They did not want to hear that. That was oh, pure selfishness. Them. <laughs> cursed them. I'm Little Lyne Delilah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. Please forgive me. All right, so yeah, and then he also, so yeah, he works with animals a lot. There's a, there were some other dog movies on his thing. I didn't oh, okay, write them down, okay. but he, homie, likes to do dog movies, and I feel like this was must have been his 
magnum, magnum opus, opus his piece there is a song even Mr. though Holland's it opus. was back in the day he also did are we there yet with ice cube <laughs> oh, i haven't no, seen so... that movie but like... that kind of explains a lot though because are you there yet is very similar humor humor to the humor in um beethoven you've seen are we there yet with ice cube i've seen pieces you've never seen it <laughs> okay so you don't really know <laughs> that's gonna have to be the next one Okay, so directed by Brian Levant and the writers, some woman named Amy Holden Jones, but there's also John Hughes. Okay, what? John Hughes. You know that name? Yeah, he did. Um, did he do Ferris Bueller? Uh huh. Did he do The Breakfast Club? Uh huh. He did like all those eighty eighties mo- movies, right? Yeah, or a lot of them. Home Alone, Ho- another film oh. with. Far too bizarre, dark, violent themes. Yes, yes. Very adult, mature themes packaged in a family-friendly movie. Right. So there's a pattern here between John Hughes and Brian Levant. Like, there's that that weirdness going on. He also directed one, or sorry, John Hughes also wrote one of the movies which we previously watched for the podcast. Do you know what it is? What movie has a strangely tense tone throughout, which... Made in Manhattan? Yes. Oh, yes. he was involved in Made in Manhattan? Mm-hmm. He wrote it. He wrote it? Yeah. Oh, why does he like he making people writers. uncomfortable? I don't know if he means to, or if it's just us as viewers. I mean, is he... Or, or is maybe... it like the different times, you know? It might be the different times, because I watch these movies, and I feel so out of touch, and I just think, how could you enjoy... If you... Because a lot of these times, you know, I said I watched Beethoven when I was a kid, but so much time has passed, it's really rewatching the movie for the first time. Yeah. And I hadn't watched Made in Manhattan, so I watched these movies, and I think, I can't possibly imagine people enjoying this right right because you have so, such right. different levels of anxiety right. as they, than they used to have and i feel day. like if you saw it back when it came out that's kind of what the culture was like but also you're probably a lot younger closer to being a teenager a little right. bit more naive not so um anxiety ridden yeah i you think know? that's a key aspect of it because so much has changed in our world in the last two decades and there's so much you know like a sense of impending doom especially in the west about like climate change and all that's gotten really out of hand and so everybody's kind of like and with covid obviously in the past couple years everybody's kind of like reshaping their their worldviews and stuff and it's a little bit more like oh my god we have to be like perfect little people to try to to try to like save the world you know right everybody's trying their best to be wholesome and kind and considerate to all forms of life and right it's good and it makes the world good but it's, it's a lot to take on it's a for lot one person yeah it's a lot to take on and i feel you know even probably the most virtuous and kind person probably has their bad days of course and that's why it's important for us to accept the faults within and to just be okay, human this is becoming a little after school so special. john hughes and then the stars okay charles groden as george newton the father the dad of the movie and we were watching randomly some videos of him mm. 
Yeah, we watched an interview. Because really boring and stupid. Why? Well, okay, listen. This might be a casual day for me, a casual Wednesday, Friday on Saturday. But the thing is, I tried to look. I tried to look up information about Beethoven. I really wanted to know. My number one curiosity was why was Beethoven made? Who decided, wow, this is my dream. I need to tell the story about this heroic St. Bernard. But I guess if John Hughes write it, wrote it, they somebody probably came to him and said, hey, I need you to make a family film about a dog. And Mr. Hughes says... Will you give me money? <laughs> <laughs> so this was a a pay-for-play job. Uh, this was a hit. Somebody put the money out and said, John Hughes, write me an unstoppable dog movie that well, will just bowl over the box but this office. Is, this, is just my, um, this is just my theory because usually to, when I'm first researching a movie, I'll go to the Wikipedia page just to get a sense of the uh a summary of yeah the chatter yes, around the yes. film and, and then from there the big i stories you know i click on the references and then and i read the articles or watch the interviews or whatever so when i went to the production part of beethoven there really wasn't anything the only thing that was listed on the production part was that the name of the dog who played beethoven and the fact that there were 12 other dogs who also played Beethoven. There's 12. 13. 13. Unlucky. 13 dogs? Yes. Wow. And that's like 13 ghosts. Okay. There's a connection <laughs> there. So 13 dogs. What was the main dog's name? I forget. And this was the one that was on the cover? Or sure. like how was the main dog I don't know. decided? I don't know. Who he's the one I that got know. the most But this time? isn't the point. This isn't the point. I know that's a really fun well, what's fact. What's his name? I didn't I fact know. check. I didn't fact check it. I don't know. I don't remember. The important thing <laughs> is, the important thing is, I did not see anything about, oh, John Hughes had a St. Bernard puppy as a boy and he felt really okay. inspired to write about that time. There was nothing. Mm. Nothing nothing so that's that's what inspired my theory about how mm. it just sort of was like hey we like dogs people like dogs let's make a fun family-friendly movie about dogs okay dogs <laughs> <laughs> a fun family movie about dogs and it stars charles groden who was he actually recently died unfortunately. oh that's sad but he is a pittsburgh native um, and apparently was described on IMDb as a deadpan comedian, which I would think he's just more deadpan than comedian. But yeah, seem to have a whole lot of humor that was striking me as no, humorous. In the interview, I found nothing funny about him no, at all. He was not and he funny. made no attempts to be funny. He was very similar to his persona in the movie. Yes, just very just like straight laced yeah almost creepy creepily high strung yeah a little too high so high strung you feel a little nervous around him yeah we can't have a dog we can't have a dog honey you can't show a child a puppy and then take it away two minutes later i didn't show a child a puppy it's obviously lost you occupy the kids i'll run it down to the pound Oh, no. No way. The owner doesn't claim that it'll be destroyed. I'm not going to let If we happen. keep it, the house will be destroyed. Honey, it's just a dog. Millions of people have dogs. Oh, no. Not people like me. Dogs sniff. They lick. They chew. They drool. They scratch. 
Alice, they have parasites. Oh, God, yeah. That's... The kids will lose interest. I'll have to take care of it. It'll grow to be enormous and it'll take over the yard. The bushes will die. The lawn will look terrible. And when the dog finally settles down, it'll die. And so he plays the dad. And um, then his wife is Bonnie Hunt. Her name is Alice in the movie. And you might recognize her as... The lady from Jumanji. The lady from Jumanji. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. The lady from Jumanji. The Jumanji lady. Yes, yes. Is that Helen Hunt's sister? Bonnie Hunt? Yeah. I don't know. They kind of have the same look, don't they? they? Have a bit of a similar thing happening. Well, hang on. Helen Hunt? Also, we should take a pause soon. They are not related. Mm. They are not related. Good. Okay. Didn't have to correct the corner on that one. No, no correct corner corrections and then you got dean jones playing dr varnick so he's the villain of the film yeah he's okay. the bad guy that's that's the only thing you need to know about him he and he opens the movie like sets the tone you got steam rising from the gutters it's a in the smoggy, dark city it's a smoggy factory or warehouse Right. Kind of in the shady part of town. And these two gross goons played by Oliver Platt and Chaboy Stanley Tucci. Yeah, weren't we just talking about how Stanley Tucci is everywhere? He was in Made in Manhattan. He was <gasps> in Made in Manhattan. Oh, connection. John Hughes' John work. Hughes. Stanley Tucci. Oh, my God. Searching for Italy. Wow. Wow. And he is a young Tunch almost don't recognize him there at first and then when you get the full look on his face you see that the tunch is there and he's got some <laughs> hair in this one yes he does have some hair he's there and he got a some hairy hair. tunch and uh oliver platt his little buddy he's kind of stanley tucci's like the smart one of the goons and oliver platt's like the big dumb kind of kind one of the dudes i really love i think one of my favorite things about this movie is stanley tucci's wardrobe the fact that they made him wear cow print cowboy boots with his jeans tucked into it was he wearing those at the beginning or only in the no he's wearing them the whole time i could almost he only has the one outfit okay i can't give you a full lowdown but i remember seeing them earlier in the movie and then later okay because i was wondering like was he wearing those at the beginning and maybe those are a symbol that you know over their year of dog napping and like selling dogs to the to the veterinarian that they made some money and mm. he, that's what stanley tucci spent his money on was some some boots some cow print cowboy boots yes perhaps you know but i don't know because if the one the them. first time i saw them might have been later into the movie not in that first scene might have been. i can't tell you maybe maybe uh Maybe we'll find out in Out of the Frying Pan. Mm. If there's That'd Out of the Frying Pan. So, yeah, Stanley Tucci, Oliver Platt are like, they have these cages with barking dogs. They're they're trying to transport them. And and there's a dog. What kind of dog is that? Is he like the wishbone type Sparky? of dog? Sparky's some kind, kind of, of a terrier. Some kind of terrier. Uh, Jack, Jack jack russell terrier okay so yeah they break into a into a vet and they steal all the no dogs, it's not right? a vet it's a pet shop they a break into shop. a pet You're shop right. and they, they start stealing all the puppies they break into a pet shop they're they're bumbling goons and they're just taking all the puppies and shit and they but then a couple of the puppies are like freakishly smart they're able to 
just communicate at, to each other with a glance. Right. One of them is this terrier, and the other is the as yet unnamed Beethoven. Puppy Beethoven, Puppy Beethoven. no Beethoven. less. Okay, yeah, there's that scene in, before <laughs> that where the lady, the biker chick, comes in and oh, wants to yeah. buy Beethoven. And oh, Beethoven yeah. pisses all over her. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. What does she say? I don't remember, but put it right like, here. Beast. Oh, yeah. Like Foul beast. <laughs> you can make any dog meat. Damn little beast. God. Uh, yeah, yeah so that was really funny. Right away, Beethoven proves he has a preternatural kind of like he's more than sentient he has some sort of emotional he has a spidey intelligence sense. that yeah he can sense exactly people's intentions and like it's, what they're doing from great distances it's very sixth sensey yeah and so he knows that this lady wants him to be a tough guard dog or something so he just pisses on her and he's but, like i'm not fucking with you but then she's all you got any pit bulls and yeah. that made me feel sad. Yeah. Those are nice was... dogs, too. Well, see, this comes into something that I felt like the whole movie has this kind of... It kind of hates dogs. I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, dogs are not portrayed in a very good light in this movie. The only... Right. The... There are no dogs that are, like, really... Sparky's good. Perfect. Although... Sparky's pretty perfect. I guess. Yeah, he frees We don't Beethoven. see him doing anything bad. But no. Beethoven is a horrible dog. I wouldn't want him. Oh, hell no. Beethoven's really bad. And those kids, you know, the dad said, you have to take care of him. And they did absolutely nothing. And then later in the movie, they start taking care of him. And we see, oh, they could have been doing it the whole time. Right. They're just They're lazy, lazy kids. But also don't. consider, you know, the parents, At a, it's hard to blame kids, you know. Yes, it is. But, you know, that's part of the... It's like a the Home Alone, same atmosphere of the home. Right, home alone, right. Where the Everybody, kids are just running around, and the every, parents are like, "Oh, like holding their coffee up as the kids run by, and they're right. just like, oh, off to work." And you know, the it's wife's little, like fixing his pants as he goes out. And, it's a little chaotic. Right. It's that same atmosphere. And you know, they only of, have three kids, and it does kind of portray. I feel like a lot of times in the '90s when we portray families, there's a lot of a lot of the individuals are a little bit selfish. They usually show them yeah. engrossed in doing their own activities, not really paying attention to every, anyone else. And so wacky shenanigans happens. Somebody bumps into somebody, uh-huh. you know. But it seemed like throughout the movie, the dad really was heavily targeted by De- Beethoven. Yeah, because the dad the dad didn't give in to him like all the others did. And it's almost like Beethoven was trying to kind of mess Get with revenge. him yeah, but there yeah. was a scene where it seemed like beethoven just wanted to kind of be friends with him and like cooperate with him but the dad wouldn't give an inch well what know? about when beethoven the scene where the dad finds the shoe and he tips it over and all the goo comes oh, out? oh the goo <laughs> that so i asked you what your least favorite part of a dog is if you'd given me a chance it oh, would have been the goo sorry if i lived in beethoven realm where just globs of really goo, goo? just just quarts of goo just well, dump out of people's like dogs jowls <laughs> but it's not like that like but beethoven it's like, hey beethoven was a it was an exceptionally gooey dog well he 
was, but to a point that was so unrealistic and, and hilarious that you see these strings of goop just flying across yes. the screen. Well, when he dumped out the shoe, <laughs> that was so much goo. Beethoven would have had to sit with his snout in the shoe just spitting into it. For that much goo to oh, have been in it. Yeah, but I wouldn't put that past Beethoven. I guess. He's you're an right. Asshole. He's got <laughs> Well, that's not even the worst. The worst is surely the mud scene. Oh my god. Wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So what happens in this movie? Beethoven gets kidnapped as a puppy. Him and Sparky and a bunch of other dogs are in the van. Sparky's so smart, he frees himself, frees Beethoven. The robbers hear something. They open the door. Boom. Sparky and Beethoven escape. Also, Beethoven has not only this this sort of ESP ability, but he is stealthier than the most well-trained ninja assassin well you haven't we haven't even got to that part yet so sparky ends up going into the town and beethoven ends up going into somebody's house but now beethoven hides in the trash can first right and then sleeps there the night but sparky comes back and beethoven's still sleeping or hiding and so they have a misconnection and then think that happened oh that happens in the nighttime yeah whenever they run away but but we already got ahead of ourselves because the movie opens with Tunchi and Oliver Platt, they take the they're taking trying to take the dogs. Yeah, they get away. Yeah, but we then, talked about. But this. then they get to the guy. They get to the evil guy. Uh. And what does he say? I need puppies. No, that's actually actually that's the cold open. That's the very first. That's the very scene. beginning, and then that's, they go. Then then we go to the pet store. Yes. Then we go to the pet store at night when. So they get we already home. got ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Well. I need puppies. puppies. Okay. This is the beginning of the movie. Yeah, this is like what I was saying. It starts this isn't off really just dark. The beginning of the movie. This is like the, the very beginning. Scene, yeah, the opening so scene. that's where we say like the tension. This is the mood. Begins. This is the mood the that mood they the start movie. some scary man in a warehouse wanting puppies for some nefarious deeds. Right. But wait until you. Oh, oh my, my god. gosh, listeners! Wait you until remember? you hear out what they want the puppies for. Do you for? remember oh, why I... he wanted Beethoven? If you Not can when remember, I was a kid. Yeah, if you can remember. You'll know it's fucked up. It's so fucked up. And I do not remember that when I was a kid. <laughs> it's so Holy next shit. level. It's too much. It's you, too much. You, just, okay. you think Marley and me said? Wow. Well, because we see the guy, the evil guy, need puppies, puppies at the beginning. And then an hour passes of like silly but kind of creepy yeah. weird action with beethoven like fucking fun. up the dude's house and nothing terrible but no family but it's like fun. It's, but family it's kind of cringy because you're like shit. oh my god i don't want to deal with like beethoven kind of comes off as an asshole but then all of a sudden a gun appears on screen and you're just like what the fuck is happening a gun and these, right. these giant right. shells Hang on. Okay. that go in the gun we're getting so far ahead of ourselves it's <laughs> I, I can't this movie makes less sense than uh, house <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. Hey, but, but okay, so you you said that this movie was like a kind of a cynical money grab. Somebody just paid off John Hughes. I'm not saying I don't think that it's was that. I don't think that's. Uh, but, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's all that negative. I no. think they just wanted to make a family movie, so right. they said, "Hey, let's go to John Hughes." Okay, so I I feel like throughout the movie is this undercurrent of sort of very high praise for the traditional uh, white American values that go back to like the fifties of like the perfect family and like everything, everybody else in the movie is like really shitty or really terrible. 
and there's just this guy. He's trying to hold his fucking family together. Nobody fucking cares about him. He's, but he's shitty too. Well, he is, but it's kind of weird because... He's like, he's the Squidward of the film. He's the yeah, fucking Squidward. He is kind of a Squidward, but he's also kind of the hero of the movie too. Yes, he redeems himself. And it's kind of depressing that yes. nobody nobody tries to help him. Mm-hmm. And he's like the only one supporting yes. his family. And he's so stressed out. Yeah, so and nobody fucking on. cares. Again, bloop, 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 rewind. Let's get, let's get into the movie so we can actually discuss why they kind of dump on the dad a bit. And how bizarre that character is. Okay. So what's happened? Beethoven is in the streets now. He sleeps in the trash can. He stealths his way into their house. Yeah, he just wanders into their house somehow. And he literally walks around the entire house. Every time he enters the room, (laughs) whoever's in there conveniently turns their back. He's bopping around the house. Nobody even notices until finally he goes to just the perfect person he could find. Uh The tiny daughter who's maybe, what, four or five years old? Yeah. I think five. She's tiny, She's cute as tiny, a button. She's tiny, cute as a button. Beethoven and, crawls into her bed. <clears throat> right. So everybody everybody hears her yelling and come in and you have a cute little girl with a cute little puppy. And, mm-hmm. and then the, do- the dad is like, no, we are not dog people. We're ant farm people. We're goldfish people, people, but we're not dog people. They 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 drag dirt on the carpet. They chew up the walls. They scratch up the paint. This and this and this, and he just hates dogs. And he, he doesn't he say something about how his dad did something with a dog, and maybe that's the trauma that kept he talks him from about it. Dogs. I think he talks to Beethoven later. He says that his dad had to put down a dog. Yeah, or and that it was really hard on him, and that's why he he didn't want the dog. But that's right. much later. In right, the film. but that's revealed. So, Do you think that's the core of his trauma, probably, or because he has some neuroses where he doesn't? He just is super he's cleanly. Very cleanly, yes. Right. We are people people here. I mean, we, we are goldfish people. Uh, we're ant farm people. We're not dog people. We were talking about the dad and his character and, like, the tone of the movie about how it was, how it has this undercurrent of... Very adult, mature themes. Well, more like um, just a very pro nuclear family pro oh. like the father being in charge the the Mo- father like being the the one that gets the money the mom staying at home and like anti liberal anti sort of like uh, deviation from the norm like all the all the characters are just so, I, like gross and weird that aren't part of the family like honestly i don't think that's something that is intentional i think it's just a product of the time i think that's just the culture back then it, exactly. the 90 the early 90s were very nuclear family you know our friend talks about how they like watching full house because they felt like it represented their family better because you know it's uncle jesse and uncle joey and danny tanner there's no mom it's a it's not your traditional nuclear family Mm. but because but there were so many many of the other uh sitcoms that were on tv at the time they did feature a traditional nuclear family yeah yeah, the 90s are like the 50s of the modern era. <laughs> well, on TV, on TV. <laughs> yes. The 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 depictions of the family. Very saccharine sweet. Mm-hmm. Everything is okay but at the end of the day. But this one is not like that. It's it's like espousing something in the 
the sort of ideas behind the characters and everything but but this the story itself is like really tough they're the father is under so much stress like it's stressed right. me and out. he's put through some very difficult choices although right. to that does not to make excuses because again i do feel like the father is kind of a shitty character he is why do you think he's shitty hmm, he's well, shitty because he doesn't want beethoven because he's kind of selfish he wants his life to be clean and orderly well, here's, here's how i see it is that he doesn't teach the kids how to take care of beethoven they are still just kids they've never had a dog is it really their responsibility to figure out how and especially such a large dog the dog is practically bigger than each one of them true i again for me a lot of times with kids it usually comes back to the responsibility of the parents yeah and so he takes on the role of, of like trying to discipline Beethoven right, and right. Like Instead, putting him in, making a house for him and stuff. Right. But he's and a martyr about it. And Yeah, exactly, exactly. Instead of teaching his children how to take care of Beethoven, he just does it himself and silently resents the rest of his family. Yeah, yeah. There's one point where the father's like, My, the deal's falling apart and the wife's like, yeah, but you're so obsessed with a dream falling apart that you don't realize your family is falling apart. It's like she says some real shit like that to him. And it's all over the dog. It's all over the dog. Like he just doesn't want the dog. The rest of the family loves the dog. And yeah. What ha what does the dog do? It's obvious the rest of the family loves the dog because the rest of the family gets to enjoy the fun part of having a dog. Right. You know? They don't feed him. They don't take him for walks. The dog no. doesn't drool in their shoes. The dog doesn't torment them. But so that's because they've succumbed to him. Like they feed him stuff <laughs> to like keep him on their side. Yeah, right? they give him people food. They yeah. don't feed him the dog food. No, no. And then so then when the when the dad's like, No, fucking beethoven stop eating my bacon you know it's this big deal and then beethoven slobbers all over him as like a fuck right. you because like you didn't let me have my bacon mm -hmm. i'm gonna slobber on you mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like damn beethoven i know you have like superpowers and you're the most emotionally intelligent dog to ever live <laughs> right. but well, then you have the penultimate moment of the rollover beethoven montage and that's when yes. rollover beethoven yes Yes, there's a whole montage. Was that did we just, did we find out is that a custom song for the movie? It has to be. Yeah. How does it go? Roll over Beethoven. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> it's definitely a custom song. It's like a Run Run Rudolph though. It's, it 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 really yeah. reminds me of Run Run Rudolph. Well, you know where you might hear that song. Home Ding. Alone. <laughs> I wonder I bet it's written by the same guy. I I bet you any amount of Holy money because those movies came out very close to each other, right? Home Alone was in 1990. 1990, yeah, it came out in 1990. Okay. So three years or two years before Beethoven. And Run Run Rudolph was written by whom and performed by whom? Run Run. And Roll Over Beethoven was. Run Run by Rudolph whom? was Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Yes, that That's was the other person. one. I think Run Run Rudolph was a song that was written. Yeah, a long Roll time Over ago. Beethoven, also by Chuck Berry. Wow. Chuck Does Berry. John Hughes just like Chuck Berry? Bros yeah. But wait a minute. When when did Roll Over Beethoven come out? 19. The, the, the YouTube videos say 1956. Okay, so, I mean, I know Chuck Berry was back in the day, right? 
it's Rolo. It seems like according to the lyrics, it's about somebody calling into the radio, telling them they want him to play Beethoven. Why? Where does Rolo? Oh, he's gonna write a little letter. He's gonna mail it to the local DJ. I want my jockey to play Roll Over Beethoven. He wants him to play the song that it's playing. That like it's a meta thing. Like they're talking about the song within the song. I don't. This song doesn't. It's fine. I can't. I can't. Anyway, that's another weird connection. Run, run, Rudolph. Roll over Beethoven. So yeah, Beethoven gets his name because the 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 daughter's play starts playing Beethoven, right. and then They've, Beethoven barks along with it. That's right. The daughter, of course, full of wisdom. This is very zen, very emotionally mature five year old says, "He'll tell us when he wants to be named or something of the sort." Yeah, and then he, of course she starts playing do 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 do. Yes, we witness a miracle. Beethoven begins to <laughs> sing along. Not along, but repeats the melody. Mm-hmm. And they, the dad, <laughs> looks at the camera and with all the world weariness of a 40-hour-a-week working man, Beethoven. <laughs> I don't know. Why was he I so upset about that? Why was he, why but he, like, he so at that point i think it's like he realizes that like he has met a, a very powerful adversary in his life <laughs> well yeah because beethoven immediately gets everything that he's always wanted right immediately all of the family love beethoven they go to bat for beethoven they are fucking ride or die for beethoven mm-hmm. beethoven has them wrapped around his little fingers yeah and the dad works so hard trying to keep the family together he wants to be the family man mm-hmm. again that doesn't exactly mean he's a good character. Well, he rules over the family with an iron fist. Yes, he does. His he... wife is like, go ask your dad. I don't know. I can't control anything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the dad orders the wife to come back to work. Right. She works for the dad, who the dad has a very bizarre business. Yes. That whole thing, I don't... It felt like I was in a lucid dream. <laughs> yeah. His business is selling air fresheners yes and he's just revolutionized the business by allowing you to stick the air freshener wherever you want in the car and having the best scent and he is this tied into his strange neuroses of cleanliness and like his but whole the character building, of control wanted yes, to control and the, everything and the architecture of the building the design of the building was very odd it the, it's about it's a rectangular box building it's kind of a standalone little shop you could imagine it's one main room inside with a few side rooms and then the outside is covered in vines mm-hmm. i mean absolutely covered you cannot see any brick or wood or anything yeah and then above the door is a giant nose i don't think it's above the door i think it was just on the wall oh, i but thought it was above the door maybe but what yeah, a, i was a giant nose. Very, i was very sleepy when we watched this movie mm-hmm. so i was in and out a little bit so my memory is not so clear on some bits but yes it's a very <sighs> very bizarre looking building a very bizarre job who who <laughs> if the the whole thing felt like such a joke to me. David Duchovny was there trying to strike a deal, but he's actually a con man. Well, I they, don't yeah. know. So these, there's like a uh, Brad and Bree are the characters. Brad is played by David Duchovny, of course, who famously played 
Fox Mulder in the X-Files. Yes. But he is just playing a casually douchey sort of liberal businessman or like sleazeball. I found it very bizarre that the first time we're introduced to them, they seem very normal. They give us no bad vibes at all. Right. But then immediately later in the very next scene, they're completely horrible. But the ruse hasn't, the jig hasn't been up yet, you know? I think they've let us in on the secret, the audience. I think they've let the audience in on the secret at that point. But I just found it so odd that they were still interacting with the family, but they couldn't contain their douchiness. You know, they're con men. They're supposed to be good at this shit. Yeah. And so what, what, how are they even trying to con this guy? I didn't even fucking understand this. They shit. just give him some papers and try to hide. And for some reason, if he signs the paper, then they'll own the company. That's what I gather. So they don't make it too complex, but I, I have a feeling that there was just some clauses and things and fees and like uh costs to them that you know eventually they would be able to seize control of the company because the money would go to them right but this is him but you know it's all in that big contract or whatever sorry i wasn't trying to like interrupt you (laughs) that's okay but i mean how about having a drink of water i just had one it's what okay (laughs) okay so this is another example, and I'll probably I'll have another one later. This is another example of the dad being lazy. Another instance yeah. because because they give him the contract, and he's all excited to be making this money. He's ready to blindly sign it, and that scene was actually really kind of hilarious. That seems really really <laughs> it was good. Really so well done. They know that if he signs it, they're going to take over his company. But then the wife is. She's oddly like sensed on to the fact that uh, that these people are are sleazy. Well, she just doesn't like them because yeah. at this point, like we said, they've they've given up on the facade. They're being openly rude to the family. Mm-hmm. But the guy, I guess, he's just so money hungry for whatever reason. It doesn't seem like they're doing that bad, but he just wants some investment to like take his company to the next level. I think. Who the dad? Yeah. Well, the so dad. He's... I think the just you know he wants to do well mm-hmm. he i i get the sense of him as being like their family has just enough money to get by but if he can get this big break you know they'll be he moving doesn't up challenge in authority either he doesn't no he just blindly accepts but that's why i say he's lazy because they hand him these paper and they say <laughs> oh do you see the blue arrow just sign on the blue arrow yeah he's There's like no oh it to... looks like normal stuff right like right he stuff. doesn't sit there and read the contract i'm sorry i don't know about you but if I'm doing a deal with people and there's money involved and I'm signing a contract, I'm going to be reading read that thing contract. from front to back probably twice. But the wife knows and she's like, are you sure you want to sign that now? Like, let's eat. Let's eat first. And and then the wife or the, yeah, Bree, Brad and Bree, are they, they're together, but they're also business partners. And I don't know. They're like, uh, oh, you don't have any children? And they're like, no, we have, we have a business or something. <laughs> And it's big yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That They're sh- talking to the kids. That was really fucking funny when they talked to the kids. Yeah. That was really good. Do you have any kids? <laughs> <laughs> we have a career. Big one. Excuse us. But I guess that was kind of like a jab at people who don't have kids a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's what I mean. It was like... 
everybody who's outside that was, the that was the culture well everybody who's outside of this family unit is just yeah. like a creep or a mm-hmm. cretin or like terrible or manipulative or yeah that's why i'd say it has that thing that that undercurrent of you know trying to prop up the idea right. of like the ideal idea of the family but so yeah they the woman Bree is is distracting the wife trying to get her to stop saying shit so he, she like breaks a glass and it's this interesting power struggle because then the wife's trying to get in between it again and then she direct redirects to Beethoven but then Beethoven gets involved because he obviously has picked up on the fact that these guys are assholes huh. and so he wraps or wraps his uh his leash all around the table and the chairs and we get a a very rousing very wacky, wacky um slapstick scene of the is it beethoven's just carrying them no, on the be- chairs so and somehow the- beethoven managed to wrap his leash only around them and the and chairs the table too. and the table right and he starts running so you have beethoven in the front a sled dog dragging the two people who now the back of the chairs are on the ground and they're being drugged by T- Beethoven and behind them being drugged on the leash. Were their legs the wrapped up? Like, how did they not know. just get off I don't of the chair? I don't know. But everybody, <laughs> you know, the dad's horrified, rightfully so. The mom and the kids are loving it. We get a shot. I, I vaguely remember seeing a shot of the mom being pleased that this was happening. She was or she said afterwards she was happy that it happened because yeah. she didn't like those people. But, you know... Have you ever watched maybe like a cowboy movie or some medieval shit and you have somebody get punished by being drugged yeah. behind a horse? Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I was getting, you know? It was very Home Alone because, I mean, in reality, those people would have been very horribly injured. Yeah, luckily in the movie, they just stay on the back of the chairs and right. just being scraped, so they don't really sustain any damage. Something wacky happens. That what do they end up in some water or some bushes? I don't know. They like they get whipped over and they like flip in the air. They yeah they they collide oh, yeah. with the fence and then they like flip three times, <laughs> land and the, the table lands and they're like just sitting in the street. And then Beethoven takes off again because the dad runs out and is like Beethoven no. And then the dog takes off again and drives him further. Right, right. That scene. Wait, we didn't. We didn't talk about the penultimate scene. No, the scene of of uh, you know Beethoven's yes. worst revenge against the dad. You see, there's so much carnage. The there's so much carnage in this movie. Okay, bloop, 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 bloop. We're going backwards. Well, it doesn't really have to. It doesn't matter whether oh. it happens before you know, or after that. It but. doesn't matter. The point is, there's this scene where the dad comes home. We start at the entrance of the house. He oh, can yeah. see the muddy paw prints everywhere, and he Tracks follows them. the trail slowly through the house while guitar solo from Rollover Beethoven plays. And he comes into the room, and he sees there's mud everywhere. Beethoven is absolutely, like, I don't know how other to describe them this, than absolutely soaked and saturated he's like with, mud with mud and mud. goo. And yeah, and, and he's dirt in the bed. And, water, and there's like and a pool of it all yes, around him in the, yes. in the sheets. There's so much mud. It's like he just fell into fucking Willy Wonka's <laughs> chocolate river. And right. now he's in the bed. The dad comes in. Beethoven looks the dad in the eye. That's Bad like, no, nose. No. Yes. And then Beethoven shakes all that yes. shit all the around goo, the room. And goo, the streaks mud. of goo sliding <laughs> across the scene. Everywhere. And you know what? That was horrible. I 
felt bad for the dad. Yeah. Who let the dog? Somebody let the dog in the house or somebody left the door open. I don't know. Somebody was just being vastly irresponsible because now there's mud on the sheets. Well, there's mud all over the house. You're going to have to get a steamer to clean the rugs. You're going to have to get sh- stuff to clean the couches. Right. Like he's it financially ruining them. Yes. Exactly. And all and the no kibble. One cares. All the kibble. There's the scene where they're all bringing in the bags of kibble because he's so huge. We see the yeah, garbage. Yeah. The garbage cans full of kibble. This dog is. Uh, wow. He's like a kaiju. Yeah, and they're and the kids they and the wife they just they just put the father down they're and like so isolate about him. It all. Yeah, and he's the only one they're... who has to deal with it. And they're just like hugging and and loving each other. And the dad is the outside of they're... man of his right. own family. They're just enabling all of Beethoven's bad behavior at, while simultaneously invalidating the father's feelings. Right. Like, a lot of his feel Again, he's not the best character, but a lot of his feel I keep saying that. <laughs> but I just feel like they need to know. No, he's, he's not a totally sympathetic. Character. But... He's a gra- he lives in the gray zone. Mm-hmm. He's a gray zone. But I do, you know, there are some moments where I can sympathize with him. Yes. Because I can't imagine how upset I would be if I came home and that size of a dog was on my bed and there was that much mud around my house and on my things and then bam it's suddenly all over my room i would be i would be really upset right slimed slimed on a daily mudded. basis oh it just oh so there is one scene like where beethoven eats his bacon and that is the one scene where i felt like beethoven was trying to offer an olive branch to the um the dad how by stealing his breakfast so he he goes and sits by him and then the family's like he wants you to touch his head he wants you to touch his head and the dad was really stressed out he was really stressed out about his oh, yeah. meeting. That's and right. The I, little girl. The little girl said he wants you to scratch his head. And like that's when I thought, okay, well, Beethoven's trying to offer himself as a friend to bond with in this d- tough time while the dad's having yeah. all this stress. Like if he can pet the dog, it'll help him relax. Like Beethoven wanted to help him by letting him scratch his head. You know, like it wasn't for Beethoven. It was for the dad. Like Beethoven was trying to, to Beethoven, be a therapup, you know, like a therapup. Right. He was trying to offer comfort in the, right. the the only form that he can, which is to just be present and, you know Be a good boy. Be a good boy. So you know, you know I what? He wants you to scratch his head. Uh, you know I don't want to scratch his head. You know back off, back off. But he wants you to. Well honey, sometimes we don't get what we want. That's not the way the world works. If I don't get this deal, I'll kill myself. Honey, come on. And the dad is like, well, we have to learn that we don't always get what we want. And he doesn't pet Beethoven. So then Beethoven eats a piece of his bacon. And then the dad tries to get the bacon off of him and gets a bunch of slime on his pants. And then he's all freaking out. I have to change my pants. And I have to change my shirt. And then I have to change my jacket. And then I have to do this. Right, right. And mom says, oh, just change your pants. Again, a situation where I can kind of understand both sides. Right. Because 
what if the other pants really did look bad <laughs> in the outfit, Right, you know? he worked so hard to right. plan out his perfect outfit for this yes. meeting, important meeting for their lives. Yes. For his family's well-being yes. to try to look presentable. Thank you. Thank and you. nobody takes but it also, seriously. Also, he could just change his pants. I don't think he, he could. has to change his he whole could. outfit. But he's, that's the thing. It's like when you're when you're that living the life of like the American pristine lifestyle of being the one man who takes care of his family and the wife stays at home and takes care of the kids it's such a tightrope walk that you're like if you get lean to one side even just a little bit like beethoven fucked up his pants and now he has to change his, all this time and his he could see his whole life going right off, He's the falling tight off the tightrope but that's because his life is kind of already in shambles yeah or at least from his perspective that it is because this if this character is anything, he's high strung. He Extremely is. high he strung. Is. He needs to do some yoga, <laughs> a little meditation, practice that the, that good breathing, you know. Uh-huh. So what, what what happens after that? We got the mud. We so, have the weird psychological abuse that and physical abuse that Beethoven <laughs> <laughs> is laying on to is the dad. laying on this dad. And then you got rice. We got right. Okay. His I guess daughter's we name talk is about Rice. The family. Her name is Rice Newton. If you don't know that Rice is spelled with a Y because you see it on the subtitles, you just think that the girl's name is Rice. Yes, just like as I did when I was a child. Me and my sisters always used to laugh about the girl named Rice. And Beethoven comes to the school and he well, helps set Rice up with because, her boyfriend. Okay, so. You know, we have the montage of Beethoven growing up. And then after that, we follow a day in the life of Beethoven. And what we discover is Beethoven basically breaks out of the house and then just wanders through the neighborhood. Everywhere he goes, people give him food. He's an insatiable <laughs> glutton. He's All he can do is manipulate people to feed his own greed. And what is the He's name? He's voracious. What is the name of that dog, that Japanese dog, Sachi-san? It's either Sachi-san or Saki-san. It is probably one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Oh, Sachan. Sachan. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So the dog's name is Sachan. The real life dog is Sachan. And basically, what happened is this Japanese woman, every day she'd come home and her dog. Her dog was huge. Yeah, her dog he just kept getting fat. fat. Fuck. And she didn't understand because she wasn't really feeding the dog that much. Was Sa- Sachan uh, a Shiba Inu? Uh, I think he was, but he was big. He was so big. Because he was, he was so fluff because they so big. <laughs> this thing is hilarious. If you can find it, yeah. please find the easy. video of Sachan. Just Google Sachan, S-A-C-C-H-A-N. You know who introduced me to Sachan? Who? The one and only out of the frying pan. Oh, Ryan, pan. <laughs> Ryan did. Okay. Yeah, well, Ryan. I wonder if he'll, if he watches Beethoven, I'm sure he'll connect. Yeah, um, absolutely. The, <laughs> the absolutely. similarities between Beethoven's <laughs> life and Sachan. Right. Sachan's so, the real life Beethoven. Yeah. So basically this woman calls this uh, TV show, what is this, some kind of talk show, some kind of variety show. Oh, and you're they about come, Sachan. Okay. Yeah, Sachan. They come to the town and they 
they follow Sachen around, but so, they do yeah, it. Yeah, the woman's sneakily. like, I don't know where my dog goes. Yeah. How's he getting fat? So they they just literally wait for him to leave and then follow him a lot around, and the guy's just observing him all day. Right. It's so cute. I highly recommend. And yeah, they basically discover that everywhere the... Sachen goes, people feed him. <laughs> yeah, he goes to a restaurant. <laughs> he goes to the train station. It's so good. He's like going into it's people's so houses. It's so good. I seriously, please watch it. Even everybody the... knows him around town. They're like. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know Sachan? Sachan, yeah, the big, the big dog. Like, right. everybody. And the knows hosts him. are so cute and yeah, funny. I seriously, so it's a must it's watch. Awesome. Okay, so, so yeah. anyways, yeah. So Beethoven, he has this little Sachan adventure. He goes out. He goes to the shop. He goes to the park, and everywhere he goes, people feed him. Eventually, he ends up going to the school where the daughter Rice is, mm-hmm. and he sets Rice up with this guy that she's interested in because he she just vents to him about her love life and he's yeah it doesn't he picks seem, everything these up children somehow. don't these children don't have friends the only one that we know the only they have no per, human the friends. only thing we see them commiserating with is each other and the dog yeah and we never see any friends so beethoven solves her love life issue and then beethoven goes and solves the younger boys bully issue yeah those so, scenes, wow. You know, Beethoven is providing some protection and goodness for these children in their lives, I guess. Yeah, but But I they guess. they don't have any human friends. Right. And that's you know, they it's a bit to me is a bit odd. But the thing is the only reason why Beethoven is able to help him is because of his insane IQ. Yeah. And his telekinetic powers. Right, right. He's got some really crazy ability to know he's got, how to be and where to be. He's surely got a sixth sense. He can, you know, he goes to school and meets Rice there. And she says something lamentful about the boy she likes. So Beethoven goes over and literally drags the boy over so that... He but he does it in a way that's like very diplomatic. He just takes a stick, knowing that the boy will grab the stick and that yeah. he can try to lure him right. over that Which way. <laughs> the boy's dialogues are so funny. What a cool looking dog. <laughs> but it's also very realistic because yeah. I've surely said that myself. Sure. If a dog, if, if Beethoven came up to you with a stick, you'd probably have oh the same gosh. reaction. Right. Absolutely. And if he tried to drag me somewhere, I would probably go too. Yeah, I would. So. That's basically the but first seventy five percent of the film, and then we get forty chess there. That's some forty chess. It Beethoven is. is really smart. Then we flash to a scene of a gun, okay? No, and the no, no, real the it. real so, movie starts. No, you missed you missed the pool scene. The pool scene. Yes, when we get to see oh, another okay. horrible human. Yeah. So they. So the dad bullies the mom into yes. going back to work. And she then, doesn't want to. She likes being home. She likes being a stay-at-home mom. Right. She wants to be there when the kids get home. She doesn't want to leave them with strangers. But the dad says, you need to go to work. So. Right. But I don't understand. She's just going to be working for him anyways. Wouldn't it be better? Yeah, wouldn't it be better if she went and got some income that wasn't just from the family business? Right, or just stayed at home and then he just right. hired Instead of hiring a nanny, he just hired somebody to work at his business. Right. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or she could get a job somewhere else, maybe a part-time job. Yeah, that would certainly help the financial right. situation, but, she, but he like, wants her to come be the assistant, his assistant at work or I don't even know. He orders her back to the workplace yes, and they have to hire return. a nanny. And they have to hire a nanny. And who's they hire this... this weird older lady named like Devonia. I don't remember, but she was kind of awful. 
but she's it very was, selfish. It felt unfair. And, it felt like a really unfair portrayal. Well, this is the thing. It's like that character then, that character is another weird outsider lady. Like mm-hmm. somebody who is like she, prideful and vain. Yeah. And, she seems, she's an old and, woman and, you know, it's pl- she's played to be kind of bad. Yeah. She's like performing to the children that aren't interested and didn't ask to be performed to. Right. You know, just like I was doing earlier singing <laughs> only for my own pleasure and not because you would enjoy it at all and like kelsey did whenever she opened her mouth and sang the forbidden songs she said hello hey joe you wanna give it a go so she's doing that and then the one the little girl just wanders out and I guess she has a ball and it falls in or something to the pool and then she falls in after it. Yeah, and then she's drowning because she's a little kid that can't swim. And the lady's playing, We are Lady Marmalade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, da, da. Yes, yes, yes. So, And the kids are singing along, doing their homework. Yeah, so Beethoven's at home. This place is in the neighborhood where the family lives, but it's down the street. We mm-hmm. see the mom walk the kids there, and then she leaves to go to the drop. So Beethoven's at home in the fence. Yes, but he hears the girl screaming. Does he? Yeah. The girl's like, help, help. Okay, okay. So he hears her. He busts out. He He's runs. got a secret exit, but he doesn't take a secret exit because it's been blocked up, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so he just opens the gate <laughs> as if he could always just open the gate. Wait, wait, hang on. I just had a realization. What's that? They tried to keep him in that cage all day. Yeah. The dad didn't know that Beethoven was going around town. Dude, if you keep your fucking giant dog in a cage all day, of course he's going to be popping off all the time. Right, because you don't give him a chance to tire him out. You don't give him space to move around. Yes. Okay, okay. Anyways, back to the... Obviously, that's not good for the dog's mental health. But like Beethoven also... A bored dog is a bad dog. That's true. But a bad dog is a dog that needs to be punished and he was trying to punish him but he also wasn't trying to train beethoven he no beethoven but the, he wasn't even trying to punish but beethoven him. I couldn't like... be trained because he's too strong-willed anyways, like Sacha. anyways let's go back so, so the child's in the the water yeah he runs <laughs> and dives over fences and bushes and this a is lady where we get... sunbathing and and jumps into the water. A very sexy lady sunbathing it, it had to be a sexy lady it, it had moment. to be you... a you picked up on the sexiness more than i do and that's reversal from my typical situation because <laughs> i'm usually the one talking about the sex okay but she was very sexy okay and i felt like maybe she didn't need to be sexy i feel maybe like maybe we didn't need the bikini clad lady it was fine i feel like that was not anything compared to the horrors just, that uh, well, ha- just, uh, happened in the know, dark here's side the thing of here's film. A, it's not nearly as bad as that but just because of all the other stuff that happens in the movie it feels a little bit beep beep predatory i don't think it was predatory okay. i think he was just jumping through people's backyards yeah, and that he lady was, and was like somebody, sunbathing that's first that's somebody who would be in a backyard yeah, but like it's a did it have to be a, a sexy young nubile woman i don't think you even see her face as if that makes you, it better. You know yes, that she's the disembodied, the disembodied, uh, it's just a nubile sexy. body 
All right. What does nubile mean? It's like voluptuous. Nubile, I believe, has to do with um, very, uh, like, having the skin of a young Uh, person. Sexually attractive. Oh, that's it. There you go. But I've always associated the word nubile with, like, like very youthful, like, uh, very thin and long and, like, I don't know. Well, maybe that's just uh, says what you find sexually attractive. No, I think it's just, you know, the words, words are used in conjunction with only certain well, things. Like they the have more associative of, well, that's the context. Thing. As I understand the, uh, the context of the word nubile, I know where I'm supposed to use it, but I don't know. I, I never knew the exact definition. Well, but now be, I do. And now it makes sense. I think, and I've been using it correctly. So that's I'm glad that makes. But there's me. no more specific <laughs> contextual meaning to the word nubile than just just sexually, sexually attractive. attractive. That's it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used the word nubile to describe anything other than a no, woman or man's body. No, but I feel like it has sexy. it has something else. It's not just sexually attractive. That's though. what it's supposed to be. It must like says. like a man's body with hair I mean, would not be nubile, right? Like it has to be shaved and like of a young woman shiny okay a young woman there you go of a young woman you i skipped that part that's important <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i've only used it to describe women women mm-hmm. and i was on point with the you were thing. on point you were okay so okay nubile yes inappropriate no in my opinion they he jumps over the nubile body body <laughs> nubile body okay it's a flash it doesn't even matter What's important is what happens next because the dog jumps in and then we're treated <laughs> to a shot, which is it really a guy wearing a giant dog head and pretending to paddle or was it actually Beethoven? Well, one of the things they did, they used a fake dog, but they also had a dog suit. So there was also a man. It could either be the dog puppet or the man in the dog suit. So- like, for example, for example, I read... Given this an asterisk because I didn't go check my resources. Asterisk. I read that during the scene where the one man hits Beethoven, that that was the man in the dog suit. Oh no! <laughs> but this that makes me feel better one. because I don't want to think of. I don't want anybody hit a real well, dog. At least they're paying that guy. Yeah, of course. He knew what he exactly. signed up for, exactly. or did he? He's just like. I don't know. He was the the. He was the guy holding that holding that thing, the fluffy thing. The, the head? What is that called? Oh, the boom mic? Yeah, or whatever. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Anyways, the point the, is the grip. I don't the key, know. What he the was point the key is. grip and they're like, mean? Hey, put this put this fucking dog outfit on. <laughs> the guy's gonna smash you. Uh, <laughs> it was probably a stunt man, let's be real. A stunt dog. Stunt man dog. So stunt you, dog man. So you get a stunt dog man in this scene, and it looks really fucking creepy if you yeah, look at it. Yeah, if you, like, I think you. What they were hoping is that people would focus on the girl, right? Because she's the one in danger. But if you watch Beethoven, it it gets real weird. It really does. <laughs> but it matches the tone of the movie. Yeah, check that scene out. Check that scene real, out. It's fucking bizarre. That's it's a real bizarre. One. It's bizarre. So yeah, basically everything's fine, but it's just the stress with the family and the dad and the business and all that. And then you get this flash to just a hard cut to a gun, a case opening, and there's a gun oh, yeah. and these giant rounds inside for the gun. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. guy's explaining to the vet 
well, we've got this new ammunition, and it's for close range. They're like incendiary rounds that will explode. Oh, they're contact. they're hollow points. They say that the the tips of the bullets will explode on impact. Is that what he said? They're hollow points. No, I don't think they call them I, hollow I, points. But isn't that I what a hollow saying, point is? Mm, a hollow point is like um, it's made out of a less uh, strong material or something so, so that it'll shatter like shrapnel yeah not explode but shatter yeah and then cause more well, damage to the internal organs right, but i think these were said to like explode with like an explosive force like they had right, gunpowder in them right, that would explode right. whenever whatever they were explosive bullets something exploding bullets you don't really see them explode later no, but we he never does see shoot them, them and, and they just seem like normal bullets but so, that's probably why I don't remember it, because we don't actually see them get put put to use, you know. Well, we do. But, well, well, what we do, do they want to but... do? What do they want to do with the bullets? So he, the guy's like, yeah, we're putting out these new bullets, and we need a test subject. And the vet's like, oh, I see something to something to see the kind of damage it does. And the guy's like, they're making insinuations, and he's like, oh, well, I'll need a bigger dog. Uh, you're gonna need a bigger dog for that like that's gonna cost you and then he gives the guy even more money i guess he had handed him a packet of money and then mm. he gives him even more money or something this is when i started to kind of fall asleep a bit my eyes were getting real heavy so i tried to rewatch the end of this mo- the movie this morning but yeah so basically you see this gun and it's just so it's, it's be- so shocking because the movie has been you know weird but relatively like family friendly, family friendly. Yeah. and then there's Not- gun with bullets right on the screen right and, and they then they're talk talking about, about it testing the ammunition on, on dogs yeah and they just not just them. any dogs they because, said they want big dogs well yeah because they have you have because been wondering ex- why the guy needs puppies i, I need, need puppies, puppies. <laughs> at the beginning and then you get back to this guy when they talk and about you see that he's selling puppies for experimentation to anybody the highest yes. bidder can come along and buy a puppy to test on whatever they want. Yes. And they don't yes. even, buy, they don't just sell the puppies. They do the testing themselves. Right, right, right. So, it's so fucked. So it's the guy, so fucked up. He's like an guy, evil scientist that yeah, only experiments on like puppies. fucking, what, who is that guy? Mengele? Mengele. He's like he's the like Mengele, Mengele of, of puppies. Dogs. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because he's all very cold and clinical about yeah. everything. You know, it's all business for him. Right. We've developed a new type of ammunition. It explodes on contact. We'd like you to use this revolver for the tests. We want to know the extent of the damage at close range. You want to know how messy it is? (laughs) I presume you can get dogs with big skulls for the tests. Newfoundland's, Great Danes, St. Bernard's. Large dogs are difficult to come by. And so he is going to acquire a dog, (laughs) a dog of the proper size. Puppy Mangala. (laughs) So that you can properly experiment the damage and the mess that's created by close range shooting a living creature in the head with these new explosive rounds because that's something that that company really needs to know about is like how much how much damage and brain shoot out whenever you hit somebody in the head at close range right. with one of these bullets. So they need a big dog. <laughs> yeah. And that's in Beethoven. That's... Roll over Beethoven. Roll over Beethoven. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in the skull. <laughs> like seriously, I could not believe it. They want his it. big Beethoven <laughs> noggin so they can fucking put a 
pistol in his mouth and shoot an explosive round up into his brain and to blow the, as much yeah. bloody brain bits all over the wall uh, as they can. And this is what you're now imagining in the middle of this yes. PG film. Yes! Yes! <laughs> what were they? John Hughes! Come on, my dude! But that's what makes this movie so memorable, even the kids but who don't pick up it. on it. I didn't You didn't it. pick up on it, but I you knew. You saw no. the gun. No, because you I knew also, shit was getting real. I also forgot about the fate of the villain. Which is right. really fucking dark. It is. And they do make sure to show a scene afterwards where they say, oh, everybody's all right, but just wait till we get to these fucking... They're death scenes. I'm going to call them death scenes. So, <laughs> because they basically are. Right. So, so the madman wants to take Beethoven now so he can test out ammo. Yeah. And he needs Beethoven because Beethoven's, Beethoven's head is big. head is fat. He came in. He was like, yeah. He was looking him over and he... Did you hear, hear that? Yeah. What's she barking at? She probably wants people. Mm, well, I might as well go see there. Hi, Sophie. Do you, do you want to come? You want to come what? sit? Come on, dear. Come on. Come on. You come sit on my chair with me? You be good? Okay. Did you stop the recording? No. <laughs> We got our own little Beethoven here. <laughs> yeah, just sit and relax. You want to talk about our Beethoven? I mean, it's not technically our Beethoven, but she lives in the same house as us. And her name is not actually Beethoven. So what does Sophie do that is reminiscent of Beethoven? She mm. certainly doesn't shoot sheets of slime across the room. No, although yesterday... <laughs> yesterday she was sitting on my lap and she sneezed on my legs yeah she was really sneezy and snotty yesterday for she whatever was. reason maybe she's got allergies so that was the most extent of her sliminess and her eyeballs are a little bit slimy and sometimes she'll like touch you with them <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you've ever been touched by an uh, eyeball no i don't think so maybe a little bit yeah and sometimes she's a little smelly all right let's talk about the bad man the bad man tries and fails to get the dog so the bad man is also a vet. Well, so which he is interesting. uses his position of power to basically trick dog owners into, into believing that their dogs are put down or maybe they are put down, but really he's just testing his chemicals and his ammunition on them right. to get money from these uh, right. sketchy and corporations it, that want to test their shit out on dogs. It's really fucked up because... Not only is the dog dying in a much worse humane way, the dog didn't need to die in the first place. And now mm -hmm. you have these people mourning the death of their dogs and they don't even know. It's just really tragic all around. They're actually, I guess this isn't, I read a story about these, um, this company who said they would get, take dead bodies and send them to medical centers to be tested on so you could donate your dead body to this company and your loved one's dead bodies. And basically they were using them to test ammunitions. Gross. The dead bodies, yeah. Some man, I think, was talking about either his mother or his grandma and how he found out they were shooting there with guns and it's re like it really happened. Yeah, I mean, if you want to believe that you're loved one's corpse is going to be put to good use for the the advancement of society you don't want to believe that it's going towards ammunitions research 
and perfecting the destruction ah, of further yes. human life. Man suing body donation company after mother's corpse was being used for bomb testing. Bomb testing. Yeah, this is on CBS News by Caitlin O'Kane, August 1st, Jesus. 2019. Yes, so you can go read about this situation. Well, that's the thing. Wouldn't it have been a lot, made a lot more sense for them to get a human corpse to do it on? But I guess oh, there's a okay. lot of... Hang on. Here, this very first paragraph just tells, lays down the whole story. Ready? Okay. An Arizona man is suing a body donation company for selling his mother's body to the military for blast testing. Jim Stouffer believed his mother's body would be used for medical research. Instead, it was used to test bomb impact. I, I kind of giggled in that. I shouldn't have. This is actually, it's really fucked up. I just find it well, kind of amusing I'm that sure it's that very similar to Beethoven. I'm sure that it's the, the government Beethoven. came around and was like, you, you get a lot of bodies. We just need a couple of them for our blast research. We got good government money for you. And it's like definitely for the advancement of the American way. And, you know, like... <laughs> They needed the bodies to make sure that their bombs would, you know, kill the enemies of America abroad. And who are the enemies of America, Ross? Who are we sending these bombs to I'm kill? just saying that this oh bad scientist, he's just trying to perfect, he's trying to aid <sighs> the advancement of killing weaponry. And like, nobody understands that that's actually a really important Oh my God. <laughs> thing. Oh, no, so I'm going to throw you out the window. It's ridiculous. It's, but that's uh, but that's what's questionable because why would they want a dog? But I guess there's a lot of scrutiny. It's hard to get a dead body to test your blasts out on. Maybe you, it's easier to get a dog because they're not as people don't care as much about them, right? It's easier to find dogs like dog pounds full of dogs that aren't cared for and right. stuff. Like, losing a dog is not nearly as intense right. as losing a human. So it kind of makes sense. Well, I don't mean that necessarily. I mean, I'm saying what I'm trying to say if uh, if a person went missing. The response yeah, would be huge. Exactly. It's a lot a, easier to smuggle yes, dog lives. Yes. If a dog lives. goes missing, you know, flyers go up. Right. People and their friends will go search, but it doesn't become a the huge... The police don't take it right. too, too it's seriously. It's not a huge ordeal. Unless it becomes like they're the, just kidnapping and murdering like right. hundreds of dogs like this guy was over years. Right. They said he had, what, some 120-something counts of animal abuse. Or he was charged with them? Yeah, at the end of the movie. Yes. Um, so. He, yeah, he gets yeah. denied the first time he tries to get beat up in. He, yeah, so he, he talks to the dad and he's like, you know, I've had a lot of problems with, and it's really creepy, the, this guy's performance. So he is Dean Jones and he, I didn't recognize him from anything else, but he played Ebenezer Scrooge at one point. And I could totally see that because yeah, he's got definitely. that Scroogely vibe. He sure does. And he's very wily and he knows how to manipulate the main dad's, you know, mind state and to get right. him to do exactly right. what he wants. He's, it's really creepy. He, it's very clinical. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Like I was saying, he or not like I was saying, it feels very sociopathic. Yeah. I mean, we compared him to Mangala earlier, <laughs> but he... He is. He's that he's sort of... Dog Mangala. Right, right. He's like the 
the devil that kind of like talks you into it you know right he, he's like yeah i'll get he rid plays of that dog. on your insecurities he right. finds your weaknesses and uh exploits them to take advantage of you exactly so he saw that the kids were really into the dog but the dad wasn't so much he's like i need to talk to you alone oh these dogs i've had to put down like five of them in the past year yes. they're known for being violent and once they bite you can never be sure they won't bite right, again. So right. if anything happens. And you have children. You have to think about your children. Right. It's really, he really goes for the jugular with the dad. Mm -hmm. And the dad, you know, he says no, but it really starts to make him think about Beethoven. Mm -hmm. And then. So he's like, if one, I swear, one move and Beethoven's out of here. Yeah, right. So the kids suddenly, we see that, oh, they actually do know how to take care of a dog. They make, they feed Beethoven, they take him for a walk, they bathe him, they make breakfast for dad. Yeah, they're being extra kind. Right. Yeah. And then why does suddenly the vet arrives, the bad guy? So because they took him in, that was when he saw Beethoven's big fat head and was like, I'm going to shoot that with an explosive <laughs> oh, round. So yeah, so then he comes back. He's like, oh yeah, I check in with my dogs like a week after their rabies injection, but it's really just an excuse for him to come and set up the situation. Yes. So he gets left alone with Beethoven. He squirts some like ketchup all over his arm and mm -hmm. on Beethoven's mouth. And then starts smacking Beethoven. Right. And, and if the child a sees A man it, the, inside of a dog suit, really. Yes. The five-year-old, she sees it. She starts freaking out. Yeah. Beethoven kind of jumps on him. He doesn't... Beethoven doesn't start, you know, ripping his face off, but he gets goaded into it. And then the guy can make it out like he got wounded by Beethoven. Yes. And he does, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> he frames Beethoven. He tells the family, I can't believe your dog dude did this. The, the dad starts to call 911, but the man says, no, no, I'll take care of this. We don't want to get them involved. Right. And they leave the family, but the dad follows him to his car. So it's just them now. And mm -hmm. the guy threatens him and says, it's like, I'm going to sue you yeah, if we don't you, put that dog down. Right. You're going to bring that dog to be put down or I'm going to press charges. And you wouldn't want that to happen to you and your family. Right. So now the dad... And the little daughter denies it, denies it to everyone whenever the man initially says. She says, right. no, he hit Beethoven. I saw him. He's a liar. Yeah. And but the guy, he can't imagine, you know, trying to go against the authority. Right. In this right. Situation. He's so eager to just trust everyone. Right. And the, the wife has a conversation with him where like, you should stop listening to the guy we, we met twice and start listening to our child and um so they go back they all go back to the vets uh, to try to get Re beethoven back yes. and that's when they br they bust in he's like oh i already destroyed the dog he's talking about destroying yeah that was really uh that was really in front of the kids well just the word destroy right. like I've the dog's ever... already been destroyed <laughs> exactly it's so clinical and so right. lifeless it's so dark and gross and then they figure out he was lying and then he drives to like try well, to discuss well, to put away on. all the evidence hang of on. his crime dad has a very this is the moment where dad character shifts yeah because, and he becomes heroic yes because dad character he's had enough he knows this guy's lying to him so pow punches him right in the face Yay, yeah everybody loves it they <laughs> love the violence oh Woo i've never been so attracted to you before yeah. <laughs> the wife the late wife's throwing herself at him it's the a, children are like cool dad yeah you know? <laughs> it's so funny because he's like he's finally uh, become something that the 
the family yes, can get behind root. because he's and, violent uh, and to try to save yes. Beethoven. Right. They, they never mean, appreciated anything he did before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure to them in their from their perspective, it's all oh, dad's finally standing up for right, us. They're right. standing up for Beethoven. Uh-huh. They love it. They love the violence. Yes. And so he punches him and then Violence he... in the name of Beethoven. That's cool, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Dad! Honey. Wow. That was amazing. Dad, you were awesome. You were really cool. Really, honey. I never found you more attractive. Thanks. I may need an X-ray. And the kid, he uh, he does some some auto violence. There's the middle child, Ted, and he's a bit of a small, traditionally nerdy boy. You yeah, know? so he has he, glasses. Yeah, Beethoven saves him from the, the bullies who are yes, just these yes, shitty that's kids. That's their moment of bonding. And these kids, I was wondering, like, why the bullies are bullying him? They're just, they don't <laughs> milk on his sandwich instead of just taking the sandwich, which I thought I was I don't weird. know why you're so hung up with because that. Because a bully would not dump milk on a are perfectly good me? sandwich. Kids love to destroy things. But what? They kids love to love eat. To, they love to eat too, but some kids value destruction more. Why? You ask <laughs> why the bully does it? He needs no reason why. why. He simply <laughs> seems seeks spread chaos. Don't forget to wash it down with a big glass of milk. <laughs> oh, no. See on the bus. But seriously, it's yeah. So then Beethoven <laughs> saves that kid, and that kid then drives a car at the very end in and like smashes right. well, the wall can... in. Right. And, like, so there's blasts this big... the doctor back. There's this big action scene. The dad he know, jumps okay. in from a skylight, right, like on, two stories on, up, and he's fine. Hang on, let me set the scene. Let me set the scene. Okay. Because the family, after they don't get the dog, they go in their car, and the the man, the bad man, gets in his car and goes to the warehouse where the puppies are being kept. So the family follows him. So he goes into the warehouse, him and his henchmen, Oliver, whatever, and the Tooch. You know, they're doing their puppy bad guy routine. So basically, he, now that the jig is up, because they discovered that his wound was fake. Was oh, fake. yeah. So yes. then he, yes. he the radios them. Up. He's like, you got to get rid of all the evidence. So they start throwing away boxes of who knows what. Are they dog corpses? <laughs> yeah, are they, dog or they dead stored dogs? for later practice? Are they do- illicit documents? We don't we know. Don't know. And we then don't he's know. like, destroy all the evidence. And so then they start to go to gather up the dogs, supposedly yeah, to throw big... them into this furnace. The dad and the kids show up. They were t- tailing the the bad yeah they tail guy. the bad guy and they and get to this big where the warehouse the doggy prison the dad is like if i don't come back in 15 minutes call the police and then the mom's like if i'm not back in 15 minutes i'll be back <laughs> and then she doesn't come back and then the kid drives the freaking yes. car through the wall because yes, there's this the, altercation happening inside right the dad jumps through the roof the mom was calling the cops or something i don't know the beethoven is attacking oh the my guys God. too it's chaos the kid decides all right my parents they can't handle this shit i'm gonna drive this car he drives it into the building and what happens the chaos from that so he he i think he smashes the wall and then that sends the the 
the syringes or sends well, the doctor flying. Yeah, and somehow then the doctor goes flying. His back is the pinned wall, against the wall. And then the syringes full of all these chemicals <laughs> that he was going to use <laughs> to test dogs right, on. Right, there's there. a scene where we see him very carefully set a syringe butt side down. So he has this tray of syringes and they're all balanced on the plungers. Yes. With the needles sticking up, each one's a different vibrant color. And this tray is just very precariously placed on a table but he's setting up you know what is that called when you're setting up for dinner and you prepare the mise mise en place he's doing a mise en place for his night of dog torture and murder and and that's when this all happens because he's really excited about all the and and this is the first time because he needs puppies right this is the first time he's gone for a big dog and that excites him he gets to do blood, brain splatter research on a big dog's like, and he found a go- a dog with a good son- noggin. Like, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. So he's really stoked on this, and the guy just has to come and ruin his great night of dog uh, oh murder God. science. <laughs> dog <laughs> murder science. Before you destroy the dogs, bring me the Saint Bernard for the ammo test. Okay. And bring me a little one for this chemical test. Sure. I know just the one. Hurry up. But, yeah, so then he gets his comeuppance at the end when the kid runs in with the car and blasts him back. And then somehow the tray gets thrown and flipped over and all of the needles fly into his chest. Yeah, yeah. They simultaneously fly into his chest. How many needles do you think was on that tray? At least 20. Maybe yeah, more. maybe fifteen. But they I don't were know. a lot. But they were giant. They were huge, giant <laughs> syringes. So you have this image of this man with his back, bah, flat against the wall, with twenty needles sticking out of his chest, and his body slowly collapses to the ground, and a smile spreads across his face, and he kind of like just rolls back his head, and he's he's done. Yeah, it looks like he dies. It looks like he fucking dies because those needles go, it's not, they're in deep. Like in his heart and shit. Yeah, in his entire chest. He looks like a porcupine. It's a very striking image. It is. And then the family's just there, like celebrating, like, yeah, "Oh, I beat wahoo. him up! Did you see? I jumped wahoo. down and I beat him!" And oh, yeah, our kid, where's him. our kid? Oh How's our kid get the Holy car? Shit. Whoa, that was awesome! <laughs> Blood. And but then, then we get to see the other villains' fates because yes. we're treated to a bonus chase of the villains, the Tooch, Ollie Boy. They're running through the streets. The dogs are chasing them. They're they're knocking over cabbages. They're ducking under boxes. It's a busy street for the middle of the night. And some of the dogs, like, it's funny because in the chase scene, you have the dogs leading the pack, but then there's some of them, like, behind that are just the smaller, cuter dogs. Right, it's really cute. And they're just, like, it's really, really cute. Through the scene. It's awesome. So they're running, and they they find a chain link fence. They climb up it, jump over to the other side, turn around, they start mocking the dogs ruthlessly. They're like acting like dogs themselves. Right. Na 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 na. Yeah. I remember that scene when I was a kid, but then 
you know, the whole time up until now, we've been treated to a very wacky, silly music, some fun. Do, 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 do. It reminds me of the Super Mario movie, you know, just way, very <laughs> cheerful music for these way men too, being chased yeah. by a pack of wild dogs. But then Creepy they vibe. suddenly play the appropriate well, music. So yeah. is this a callback? Because they it ends up, they're climbing over a fence and over barbed wire at the top to get into a junkyard. And mm. the woman at the beginning who tried to get Beethoven wanted a mean dog for her junkyard. But she asked for pit bulls. But then what comes out are Dobermans. Dobermans, yeah. So why... I feel like that was a missed callback, or well, was maybe it they just maybe she should have said Dobermans. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe was it a John, callback? John Hughes is that a say? Maybe John Hughes just like has this vision of junkyard dogs. Maybe he watched Stand by Me and really liked the junkyard dogs or something. I don't know, know the junkyard. I've never. Anyways, seen Stand the by point me. is the point is everything gets very seriously very quickly as the men turn around and there are four very big Doberman and they're. The way they're shot, they look really pissed well, off. They look are fucking, fucking scary. Terrifying. Yes. I, if I had yes. to rate like a number one terrifying dog, I might say Dobermans. Are the I don't know if I'd say Doberman, but these Doberman in this moment, they are out for fucking blood, and that is exactly how the scene is played. Yeah. And you know, it, it fades to black. You we know, don't the camera like moves up on the goons right. like trapped against like, the fence. Ah! They're like, oh! yeah. But the, the Dobermans attack them. Again, they're going to get seriously another, fucked up. Another death scene. Yeah, another it's a death, death scene. scene. It's a fucking death scene. It's really dark because you know what the fucking implication is. Dogs have... Big dogs have yeah. big teeth. They can maul people. And those people. dogs were riled up because there was a whole pack of dogs yeah. out there barking. Yeah, they and then could these guys it. were acting a fool. So they... Right. The, I, they knew they were dog murderers. The ideas they picked up fucking, and they got dog justice on these yeah. guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's presented as a good thing that these right. men are getting ripped to shreds by dogs. But I, it was one of those moments where I just felt a bit anxious because right, of the implication. Right. Exactly. Oh my Implications gosh. Implications are very strong. Yeah, very strong. But then, of course, like I said earlier, you get a scene where the family's all watching the TV the next day and they're heroes and they talk they interview him a little bit and then we cut to some video or maybe this was before we see the bad guys and oh they're you know they're really fucked up they're in casts and bandages and shit but they're all okay and they're all going to prison yeah <clears throat> it's like the scene at the end of made in manhattan where they you get the <sighs> the, the splashes yes, of the magazine covers. yes the everything was okay montage mm-hmm all the little wrinkles got smoothed out behind the scenes. You right. don't have to worry about how it happened. Just, it, 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 it's fine. Everything's good, happy. And then they, the final scene is the his dog. His house is now completely taken over by dogs. Yes, they're and... laying in bed, and it's one of those scenes where it's it's kind of a gotcha scene because they all go to bed, they all say good night. Then the parents get in the bed with Beethoven, and it's a real close-up shot where we can only see the parents and Beethoven, and then they slowly zoom out, and we see that <laughs> they now have all the dogs that the men had. Because, oh, yeah, there was a scene earlier where they just release all the dogs. They say, you're free now. Yeah. You're free. They just let all the cage open, cages open, and all the dogs start running around. And <laughs> Well, that's when they ooh, chase after the guy. That's when they chase oh, yeah. after the guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, <laughs> But then okay. I guess they collected them like, all or a lot of them right. back up. Right, or the up. dogs. 
I think as we learn, the dogs are sort they of just like, follow Beethoven. You know, dogs are number two, maybe number one on this planet. They actually yeah. are the smartest species. They Humans are be. number two. Dogs only get into situations because they want to, or they get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the Beethoven universe is different. <laughs> it's it's got different dog. rules and laws. It does. Yeah. All right, so is it time? Take it to the streets. Boop, 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 boop. Is Beethoven good or bad? It's fucking bad. It's a bad movie. I was entertained, but it's just bad. The morals are, they totally just miss the mark on everything. There's some weird shit. There's some bestiality. Oh, shit. That. <laughs> Oh, that was the last straw. <laughs> when Beethoven played with the dad's sexuality. Yeah, that, that was, was really a step fucked too up. far. That, that was, was a really violation. That was a fucking trauma for the that dad. Was the, that, that was, was a really trauma. bad. We didn't even talk about we that. Didn't even we, talk about, we're not going to talk on, about it anymore. On, You're going to have to go watch that. Oh, oh, baby. Oh, baby. It's not even Saturday night. Well, she drive me crazy. Steady's little girl been naughty tonight. George? What are you talking to? So, I'm Ross. I'm Kelsey. And this is... Two-Person Movie Club! Is it good? Is it bad? Two-Person Movie Club. Do, 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 do. Boop, boop, boop. We realize we never sang that, so... We're singing it now. Yeah, we're singing it now. We got to go to the Is streets. it good? Is it bad? Oh, That's okay. That's the question. So we well, never I... sang the song. Now we have to answer the question. I think it's bad. You think it's bad. And I can see what you're saying. The it's tone, a product tonally, of its time. It's anxious. It's tonally anxious, but also very confused. It's made, it's a kid's movie, but there's adult jokes in them, but the jokes are so, not and the themes and the, the conflict, they're just so... They're so far from anything that I would want to see that all I can do is just stare with my mouth agape in disbelief. But there's also some something going on with this movie. You know, it was it was really was, popular. Really 147 popular. million it's dollars worldwide. Well made, like, um, you know, it's it has some good character and like some serious drama going on like some gripping stuff like what was gripping what gripped you ross please tell me what gripped you about beethoven the horror of dog (laughs) mangala like it's a movie Uh. about dog mangala and that gripped me a little bit i didn't know what was going to happen there but at the same time yeah it's really anxious and kind of hard to watch now um and i just I think that it's a decent movie, but for the sake of wanting to hear what people who give this a 10 out of 10 say, I'm going to say it's bad. Okay. So we're in agreement. Okay. Maybe we can do one from each because you don't seem sure. No, I'm pretty sure. I feel very confident that this is a bad movie, in my opinion. I like the duality of just, is it good? Is it bad? There's no other choices. We can put modifiers on good or bad. But I think I'm putting it in the bad category yeah, it's, because it's just, it's disturbing it's, in a lot of ways. And it stimulated me in that it, you know, had all these weird things going on, but... It wasn't, there was nothing meaningful about it. It was amusing for me because 
I like to uh, analyze movies and yeah. think about why would they do that? And there's right. so many, mo- that whole movie is just a sequence of moments where you say, why would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing ends up being something pretty, pretty crazy. And yeah. It's pretty, it's a wild ride. Yeah. Who would ever, I honestly, I, I knew we were in t- for something special when the ma- the very first line of the movie is dog <laughs> I Mangala. Need I need puppies. puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be a weird one, but I just didn't know the depths that we were about to be taken. Yes. So let's see. Let's see the people. I want to know what people think who think so it's, it's good. bad. So yeah, I think the other bad. side of the street thinks it's good. Let's hear a shout from the other side of the street. Who's putting 10 out of 10 stars on Beethoven? Okay. So this one, I think this one, I liked this. I liked this review. Most, as I was, I was just explaining to Ross that most of the reviews I've read for this movie are basically someone saying, I like this movie because I like dogs. And then they just go on to describe what happens in the movie without actually, um, telling us anything about else about why they like the movie right for them the fact that there's a dog in the movie that makes it a 10 out of 10 they movie. fell under beethoven's spell yeah they gave in yes they gave they're him. they're one of the family members right okay so this one but this one has some reasons this okay. one has some heart, good reasons this is from azamareva and this is pretty kind of recent uh the 21st of july 2020 one of the best family movie 10 out of 10 it's a really good, kind, wise family movie. The cast is perfect. The dog is adorable. Nowadays, it's hard to find something as warm and bright as this one. From this movie, I've learned that parents should trust, trust their children more. Not all doctors are kind and want to help you. There are a lot of people who don't care about your feelings. Your children, they just want to make a profit. That the family is the most important thing. I've been watching this movie since I was a little girl, and I would love to watch it with my kids. 10 out of 10 stars. Wow. Asmareva is saying that the movie is good because it teaches good lessons. Yeah. She really, she felt like the lessons of the movie, you know, they... <laughs> Sophie is making the most crazy squeaking <laughs> noises. I hope I know that these are going to be picked up I hope on the they're mic. not being They definitely up. will I'm be. sorry. I'm sorry. That is a good... This is it's, it's good flavor. We're getting it's good Beethoven flavor right sounds. Now, it's sound effects for the Beethoven. Okay. Well, yeah. If you hear snorts Wheezing in the background... And snorts. <laughs> that's Sophie. That's our own personal Beethoven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's been my little bud lately. Your little butt. My little butt. My little bud. But she oh. does spend a lot of time sitting <laughs> well, she's at, at my your butt. butt right yeah, now. she is. She's. And she could I'm be sure described as your butt because she always follows you around. She does. Just like your real butt. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So anyway, she's saying that it teaches good lessons. Right. Like, right. Don't just because somebody's a doctor doesn't, doesn't mean you should just trust them. Right. Right. And that some people aren't are just trying to profit off of you and don't have your best intentions in mind. Right. And also, what was the first one? Oh yeah, parents should trust their children more. You know, I agree with this person. Is that there were some good lessons in there? I just feel, I feel like there's a lot of bad messages as well. Like we were talking about, or like I was talking about the the very traditional sort of 
power dynamics of okay well the woman is gonna stay at home yes. and the man and is you know the money i feel more if that's what a family wants to do more power to them fine. but it didn't seem like anybody in the film was happy no but clearly the dad was having some issues and everybody else in the family was fine to say no dad there's nothing wrong with you we're all happy why can't you just be happy well it's clear that the dad was struggling yeah they never had the conversation where like they just tried to support their dad but that's just a product of the time right that's yeah. just how the 90s sitcom was the pe- the feelings don't matter at the end of the day yes oh we're family let's all love each other but they don't really display a lot of healthy coping techniques no they do but only within the children and the mom the, right the husband right. like there's the one scene where the mom is like hugging all the children and they're all like wrapped up together and the dad just looks in from outside oh, yeah. and like walks, slinks into the bedroom because he he's the bad guy oh, who had because... to go put Beethoven down right, because right, he bit the right. doctor, and so he's not even allowed to be to be like part of the emotional. Right, right. He's the bad aspect. guy. Yeah. And that's the story of him and Beethoven because Beethoven yeah. is something that he distinctly didn't want, yep. was forced upon mm-hmm. him, and, and has drained he... him to the last bits of his sanity. <laughs> and like... Right. His enemy is literally a supernaturally smart dog. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a small dog either. 150 <laughs> pound adult St. Bernard. Yes. And so, yes, he's weak and he gives in to the desire for Beethoven to be, have his head blasted off. <laughs> but in the end, it was kind of the family's fault for not giving him enough support. And I can see that as being like one of the messages of the movie, too, but it's never tapped into. And that's why I feel like the movie kind of fails because, right, because it never taps that into was... that that part of the movie where well... the dad is not being treated fairly yeah and i think it just kind of it's again a product of a time it's times i think the early 90s the 80s there's a lot of how you say toxic masculinity yeah and that's just i think that's just how it manifests in this movie examined it's not something right it's not thought about you know it's just part of the culture yeah it wasn't written into the story it's just naturally there because Mm -hmm. that was the times yeah like the father is, the, is unemotional is yes cold, yes is he, only, he like, only gets praised when he commits an act of violence <laughs> yes, that's all he's good for is <laughs> punching the, people the only moment anybody in the movie ever treats him kindly or, with gets, the, or gets turned on by right him. it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know we're obviously i feel like i've said you know a thousand times today i need to stop we're getting so a jar. The new like it's the new like you know is the new like you know if you heard it here first you know is the new like or i mean i'm still saying i mean a lot i mean you know like i mean you know like <laughs> <laughs> toxic masculinity the dad Yes, I hear Sophie. the snorts <laughs> like and the snorting. squeaks. <laughs> All right, so I honestly, I, 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 I
I agree. As a Mareva. As a Mareva. She, I agree with her points. Right. But she I got some good points out of it. And here's the thing. The I don't think as a Moravia, I don't think she's watching the movie and thinking about it nearly as much as we have. Well, I think she just thought differently. But... Right, it, she's it be, focusing on all the positive things. She's yeah. focusing on the messages that I think the movie is trying to portray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think she has said she's watched this movie throughout the years. Perhaps if you watch it and don't skip so many years without uh, watching it, you yes. can maintain the original the feeling. nostalgia, yes. But yes. if you watch it and then you, when you're a kid and then you watch it 20 years later, With when you have nary a memory. Yeah, very few memories other than those sort of primal memories like you remembered that you liked that her name was Rice. Right. You guys thought it was funny <laughs> right, that her name right. was Rice and you remembered that you guys just loved one scene or another or something. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't really know what happened in the movie. Exactly. I had no memory of the plot whatsoever. I knew a few certain scenes, but wow, a lot of it slipped through the cracks. So we don't have that same bridge of connecting the old feelings to the current feelings. So we're creating new feelings about it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I I can agree with what what she's she's saying. Right. That's, I, you know, sometimes i read people's reviews and i get mad because it feels like they just didn't really understand the movie (laughs) or the movie wasn't really something for them to begin with and maybe they're being a little bit unfair in their judgments on the movie but this woman you know she has she has a few fair points and that's just yeah she feels very earnest she's praising the movie i don't think her love of this movie is a harmful love unlike the man the people who thought that the conjuring three was a true story yeah that's a harmful that's a yeah yeah i mean but that's just my opinion man (laughs) you know yeah no maybe it's time for Frying pan, frying pan. When it comes to movies, he's a man. Out of the frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All okay, right. so let's I hear don't... from that guy. I have to say that although it was an entirely ridiculous aged classic example of a 90s family film chaotica, I enjoyed watching this movie. But let me be more clear. There are some weird metaphysical undertones here if you want to put your tinfoil cap on and stick your head in the microwave with me. In what insane existence does testing ballistics on the skulls of dogs make any sense other than an allegorical telling of good versus evil and the neutral bystanders in the middle who eventually determine the outcome? I'm not sure if anyone could be prepared for the divine awakening this small-town middle American family was about to experience when cosmically ordained spirit guide Beethoven grace them with his presence is there some hidden meaning behind the fact that the newtons a scientifically associated name are brought to joy and enlightenment with the help of a saint bernard why is it only sweet young emily who can see the cruel actions of dr varnick is it perhaps that she has been baptized by a god dog is this some coke-fueled christian propaganda i'm not sure what a delight this movie was though Made me feel like I was eight again, and nothing makes any fucking sense, and that's still okay. And that's what's cooking in the frying pan. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. That's what's cooking in the frying pan. Oh, it was wow. sizzling. Yeah. What a what a hot treat that was. Yeah. Yeah. My stomach is growling. So. 
the frying pan he, gave us some hot some yeah. hot treats to eat they're very hot treats fresh hot treats because we didn't eat we they we they, we didn't talk about any of this no we did he definitely well, touched on some things that we had discussed yeah and okay i think that that's, that's why we bring the frying pan in because he'll cook it up for us <laughs> in a way with a little extra seasoning that we didn't yeah see coming right we don't always have the same seasonings in our kitchen no but that's what's that's what yeah that's nice but i really love his use of the term family 90s family film chaotica Ah, because that was describing what we were talking about (laughs) with this film and the likes of home alone and the the dad is oh reading his newspaper and the kids running around and then he slips on a toy oh yeah it's like the wacky music portrayed as wacky but also it's kind of dark as fuck because if dad really slipped on the toy in real life he'd probably have to go to the hospital for one reason or another taking a fall as an adult is quite a dangerous thing yeah in 13 ghosts tony shalhoub (laughs) he slips on the kids like his skateboard Uh, or something and he he gets really pissed off does he have to go to the hospital uh, I don't think he actually. Well, it wasn't really played he, off as, but it, that's a horror movie. I think he it gets wasn't hurt, but it wasn't played off as wacky. But in the, <laughs> but it's too real, and I remember you guys defending him, like, but he could have, he could have fallen and hurt himself, <laughs> and that would be his whole life screwed well, up. Wait, hang on, hang on. The point is, I really liked Ryan's analogy of it being good versus evil, and I was thinking what the dad's role would be in this metaphor, and I think he's kind of like the non-believer. The doubter, yes. yeah, who needs is. to be who needs to be shown the way, you know. Yes, uh, yeah, he's too focused on having order in his life. He's not in touch with chaos, which, the spirit, the spirit. Yeah, so it's science. What he was saying about Newton <laughs> versus Saint Bernard. There's definitely <laughs> an aspect there that I didn't quite pick up on, but you know, I was talking about how this movie has some strange. Some strange undertones of yeah. like that that philosoph the philosophy that it's pe- like peddling or or like dabbling in yeah the ideology yeah so but that's interesting so he said maybe there's something there about the Saint Bernard and the Newtons mm. a science versus religion an order versus chaos a a matter versus spirit underpinning and of course spirit will always win. Well, also all the like all the people you said that all the non-family people were kind of portrayed as bad. Yes, yes. Where do you think their representation is? Do you think they're just vaguely evil things, or do you think they represent something more specific, like temptation? Or I think there's some specific messages from each character. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what those are. Mm. I don't know. That's why Ryan's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if any of this shit makes any sense. And that's okay. Like he says, it's okay. That's why this movie is bad, <laughs> but also really fun to watch. Yeah, it's really, that's the thing. It's a bad, it's surely a bad movie. Yes. But it's so bizarre. It's tough to look away. It is. Um, But you can't look away from the science behind wanting to use explosive rounds to (laughs) test them out on a dog's skull i'll never get over that because i disagree with ryan on this i think it just makes perfect sense it's a nice what meaty target for your ballistics test and it's going to give you a good 
a good a good sign. I think what happened was who was it? John Hughes directed this. <laughs> I, I already forget. Yeah, I never knew. John Hughes wrote it, I think. Whatever. The point is, I think whatever the guy was doing was like, how can we make Bryant these people? Brian Levant directed. Bri- Brian Lamont. Brian Levant. Brian Levant. Of Jingle All the Way, Jingle Snow All the Dogs, Way, and Snow are Dogs, we there yet? and Are We fame. There Yet fame. Directed this film, and I think he was just trying to come up with, okay, this guy, how can we make him sound as evil as possible? And nobody, it was 1992, so nobody said, hey, hey, Levant. Why don't you pump the brakes there? Mm, yeah. Like, maybe yeah. we don't need to have children across America thinking about Beethoven's head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly nobody remembered that because I never had anybody be like, yeah, Beethoven, you remember that fucked up movie where they talk about shooting a dog in the head with an explosive bullet? All right, let's... Uh... So nobody remembered it. Nobody It went under the it. radar. It went under the radar. How did that happen? I guess... I don't know, but that's it. That's yeah, the John the Hughes is the pan. one who probably is responsible for it, though, because he wrote it. It's not Bryant Levant as much as John Hughes. And whether John Hughes was, like, trying to peddle this, this uh, you know, Christian-fueled orthodox philosophy, I don't think so. I think it was just like but, oh, you wait, said, wait, wait, somebody wait, paid wait, him off to on, make the Unstoppable Dog movie, so he tapped into some shit he knew would resonate with people. But what he about- just, like, tapped into it. I don't con- think he really cared about it. Consider the old lady playing the piano. What's the song she's singing? She's singing, Gitchy, Gitchy, Ya, Ya, Da, Da. That song's about prostitutes having sex out of wedlock. Everybody knows Christianity says that is not the good thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she was using it to distract right. the she children. She was clearly a negative to draw character. Their faith like, away. That's the thing. All of the people have. All the people outside of the family have their own part. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you broke it down into, like, the seven deadly sins. Like, okay, let's try to do it. Okay. What are the seven deadly sins? You got wrath. Okay, lust. Okay, here's two. uh, Greed. The um, pride. The couple. The couple. Greed and pride for the couple. Gluttony. And what's the seventh one? Um, Wrath. I already said that. Uh, I didn't. I was lust. I already said. I that. wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, envy. Envy. That's the one I didn't. Got say. him. I so only seven. Know. Who Who are the seven deadly sins? Okay. Okay. I'm so s- what's the what's the, the evil one? The old lady is sloth for sure. The old lady's sloth. I feel like she might be lust. Lust. Well, or yeah, pride. she sings the get you get. No, pride is definitely the couple because they have a big. Well, business. I think each one of them might be a different one. One might be greed, one might be pride. Yeah, I one think might the, be greed, one might be I would say that the woman is greed, the man is pride. Okay. I would say the old lady is lust. lust? I think so. She has song. some weird sexual she's vibes and she like brushes weird. herself up with Ooh, makeup. You know like, who is uh pride not pride. But that could be envy as well. Hmm. Who? Who are the other characters? So there's Stoo- the two who's goons. Who's the tooch? Yeah. Toonchi and, um, and uh, what's his name? Oliver Platt. Platt. Yeah. So they're, what are they? Wrath. Because Toonchi has an out for Beethoven at the end. They feel I feel like he wants his revenge. Um, The the one guy, he's kind of like bigger. He could be gluttony. <laughs> no. But if you have, you have to have a gluttony. You do have to have a gluttony. I don't know who we, can we think of any. The, deadly sins. the dad wanted to eat his bacon. 
<laughs> he didn't want to share his bacon with Beethoven. So we had a, a glimpsing of gluttony. That's true. So maybe no, I think not... Beethoven's probably more of the glutton, but if he's the, <laughs> he's the saint <laughs> character he's, in this. He's Jesus. He brings joy to all the family. He's That's the true. saint. He is Bernard. Jesus. He is Jesus. Anyway, our search for the seven deadly sins may have broken down. Yeah, it really did break down there. We tried. We could dig deeper, but I don't uh, know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it. Frying pan, you really served up a hot, sizzling, tasty meal for us this week. Yep. Looking forward to what we got. What's coming out of the pan next, next time? I'm surprised. I kind of had a lot of fun talking about Beethoven. Me too. I'm surprised because it I it was just weird and like i said uh, it's, this is a casual friday for me today there's a few things we didn't talk about one is the extreme close-ups they do of beethoven's face where oh, his eyes that's the are puppet. bulging up okay that's definitely gotta I, be the puppet I, that is, yeah i don't think that was a real dog face <laughs> yeah you too... could you could the, wow you picked up on that oh my god it was really disturbing somebody, though when they zoom in on his put face that in the magazines posted to reddit our i hope that we can get a good shot of the, that for the like the cover of the <laughs> podcast like a good close-up of his face with a smile oh yeah that'd be nice yeah that would be really really good. Be good but uh, it's gonna be hard to top our oh, last oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was feeling a little bit selfish oh that's okay i don't mind if you indulge in selfishness <laughs> You can be my angel of music. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I am your angel of music. Come to me, angel of music. Who's just that voice? Who is that in there? Let's not go back to these darkened <laughs> halls. What's the what other? did you think of Phantom of the Opera? Is that good or bad? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah, give us a little blurb of the family. Well, of the I opera. was talking to you yesterday, or was it today, about I don't like going over the top. Like you just have to go over the top, and then it steps beyond the realm of like, okay, was this a good decision? Was this a bad decision? It's just overwhelming. The taste is just there, and it doesn't matter. It's like it's like in drag, you know, if you come out and you just sell it. Even if it's kind of not the most uh, craft, well crafted or whatever, mm. just because of how you sold it and the well, fact that you wait, had all this on. gusto, you can kind of make up for that, you know, and the roughness of it. You say this, but there's no roughness of it. It's a very finely polished piece of media i know but it's me? just so it's Are you so kidding weird me? and it's so, goofy but it is weird no they go they commit they commit yes. that's what I, th that's what i'm commit. saying it joel was... schumacher commits yes and the freaking songs like the songs are well, so that's good that's boy andrew lloyd weber yeah. cat's man cat's man not to be confused with the scat man who oh man oh i okay i'll give a shout out to scat man so have i talked about this on the podcast before scat man yeah i don't think so okay listen everybody the scat man it's great you probably remember the song from when you from the 90s if wow. you're that Wait, old can you indulge in a little scatting <laughs> right now for us okay so surely you've heard the scat man <laughs> 
And <clears throat> when I was a kid, I liked this song, but I never really was into the song. But now that I'm an adult, I'm really into it. And there's actually a story behind the Scatman song. And if you listen to the song, you can kind of hear the story. And essentially, when the Scatman was younger, he was a very bad stutterer. Mm-hmm. And through scat he overcame his stutter so much to the point that he wrote the song scatman and if you listen to the lyrics of scatman you can hear some really inspirational messages such as uh okay let me read some very meaningful scatman lyrics don't to you. read them you gotta rap no i'm gonna read scatman. them ready skibby dibby dib yo yo dad dub dub but wait the Everyone stutters. Everyone stutters one way or the other. So check out my message to you. As a matter of fact, I don't let nothing hold you back. If the scat man can do it, Wait, so hang can on. you. You're going I'm too fast. Man. So basically, what he's saying. What do you mean is, I'm going too fast? That was the cadence of the song. Ba- yeah, I know, but you can't really hear what he's saying. That's the point of well, reading the lyrics. You have to lyrics. deliver it. The scat yeah, you, but you got to deliver the message. Because it's got to be like a stutter. Listen, That's no, the listen, point. it has, doesn't have to be. So basically, he says everybody stutters one way or the other. That means everybody has some kind of flaw to mm-hmm, them. Everybody right. has something they're struggling to overcome. So he says, so check out my message. To you as a matter of fact i don't let nothing hold you back if the scat man can do it so can you i'm the scat man i'm the scat man everybody's saying the scat man stutters but doesn't ever stutter when he sings but what you don't know i'm gonna tell you right now that the stutter and the scat is the same thing yo i'm the scat man but then he has another really really good line later you know this whole song is about you need to overcome it but then at one of the ends of one of the things he says Things you call dead haven't had the chance to be born. Yeah, while you're still sleeping, the saints are still weeping. Because things you call dead haven't yet had the chance to be born. I'm the, I'm the scat, scat man. man. So he's like, that's like a he's star He's calling child. you out. He's yeah. calling you out. He's saying, listen, I understand. You have challenges in your life. We all have challenges. I used to stutter, but now listen to me. I took that stutter. Now I'm singing the scat man. I am the scat man. Where's the scat man? I'm the scat man. I'm the scat man. But then he goes on to say, if scat man can do it, so can you. Like, wow. Thank you, scat man. He believes in you. I hear you all ask out the meaning of scat while I'm the professor and all I can tell you is why you're still sleeping, the saints are still weeping, those things you call dead haven't yet had the chance to be born. I'm the scat man. Scat man somehow came from the... The Cats Man. Okay, so we were talking about Andrew Lloyd Webber. We were talking about the Phantom of the Opera. So what did you think of Phantom of the Opera? Oh, I love Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. I love it. I saw it in theaters when I was in high school. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that there was so much about the angel of music and that the- Angel of music. Here's a question. What was your favorite song in Phantom of the Opera? I don't know. There's so many motifs that are so good. I love that Angel of Music one. I love the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera one. I also love that other one. What about know, Masquerade? Painted faces on parade. Masquerade. That, I like it when it comes back, but they're doing it in a somber, sad one, and he's like singing it. But he's <laughs> when like is breaking that? down in tears. Oh, I think it's at, at the, the very, end. very yeah, end. That after that hits you in the field. Yeah, he's looking at his little toy yeah, monkey. He's like, masquerade. Right, yeah, he's like, this devolves back into a weeping child. Yeah. Masquerade. Exactly. That one hit me. 
So yeah, what are we gonna watch next? I don't know. I really wanna do Dune, the original Dune, and then we do the new Dune, and then we do. And we have like the same as we did with Mortal Kombat. There's so much to overcome with Dune. But the world needs to know: is the original better or is the new one better? The original one kind of sucked. But can we just do it all in one episode? In one episode. Because there's really, like, the first Double one, it's so, episode? it's just, ah, if we, ah, it's gonna, there's gonna be so much to talk about. Let's just cut it all down. I think it's a, so much to battle. talk about. You have to I do I think two. we should do a bat. I think we should do a single episode. episode. It'll be a battle episode. So we'll, we'll go list, by different yeah, parts, we'll different criteria. We'll list the pros and cons of each movie, well, right? maybe we'll, well maybe do we criteria. Can, yeah, Like characters, can, direction, yes. like story, yeah, we'll score atmosphere. Them. We'll score them, and then we'll just do a battle of the bands. Battle of the dunes. Battle of the dunes. I'm down for a battle of the Fuck dunes. Fuck yeah. That's great. Cool. When we does the new dune come it. out, though? October 22nd, okay. I think. Okay. All right. So maybe you can expect a battle of the dunes. Maybe not. Um, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, if the scat man can do it, so, so can, can you. you. You're the scat man. Where's the scat man? You're the scat man. Saturday night. Well, oh, she drive me crazy. Steady's oh, little girl been naughty tonight. George? What are you talking about?